I know your situation is bad. I, I don't want to be angry at you. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined, as always, by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Tally ho! Tally ho! Mm. That's a new one. Mm-hmm. And uh, for music video sins, Barrett Share. Hiya! It's like Isle of Dogs is I Love Dogs. Mm-hmm. It's like a double entendre. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen that yet? No. Actually, it's, no. It's been on HBO. I have. I saw 20 minutes of it and wasn't connecting and decided to come back to it another day. I didn't connect to it. Okay, maybe that's anyway. the thing. <laughs> this is uh, becoming an all too frequent refrain because <laughs> I love I Love Dogs. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no, we haven't given it fair shake yet. You yeah. haven't, but I have a feeling now you've been completely tainted to oh. the point that you're not going to like it when you do watch and it. And yet I can't stop watching Tag on HBO. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. I can't. I saw that the other day. I saw that come on the other day, and I was like, I don't. I think I was the only one who saw it out of the group, right? It, yes, but now we have all seen it, and I'm just like Jeremy. I love watching. Well, no, everything. I saw it in theaters with my brother. Um, oh, did you? But I think it was with my brother. I saw it in theaters for sure, and because I remember tweeting out, "It's not great, but I really had a good time." Mm. And I think that's probably what I still stand. Mm. But I'm watching it more than I expected. <laughs> the, the laughs are still there on repeat moments that I expected would wane. Yeah. Um, and they're like, chili runs at me in a pussy like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That scene's the best one. I speed bag his ass. That's the best scene of the movie. I, I kind of wished it had gone a little bit crazier. If you're going to go, if you're going to take a, a real story like that, uh, just go ahead and make it all about trying to get Jeremy Renner and not, don't worry about any of the like, the, the the illness and yeah. any of that just just make it about trying to finally land like get him tagged and just make it where he just does all this ridiculous action movie shit to get out of it. my new favorite game is trying to spot the shots where they used cg arms or fake arms because jeremy renner broke both his arms yeah, yeah. early in the making of this movie and that scene when he's on the walker and he's got Ed Helms pinned on the ground in the mall. I swear to God that that hand that's coming into frame from the right side of the screen is not Renner's hand. It's like some probably not PA yeah. who's like positioned just off camera with reaching their hand in there to gesture while he's talking. I think it's fake as hell looking. But anyway, I like the movie. Sorry, we're derailed as hell. We yep. are derailed as hell, but we will go to uh, Texas once again on the road trip. Road trip. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all, the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. This is part two of Texas. (laughs) Texas is giant. (laughs) And uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can actually get through uh, this in two parts. But uh, yeah, there was some discussion on Facebook and I guess elsewhere about why didn't you get to Dazed and Confused and all that. Well, I think we just did a poor job of explaining that we were going through other parts of the state and not the cities right off the bat mm. so um i didn't even know that at <laughs> the time i just just took it as the alphabetical list as always but i did i did somewhere halfway in that uh, episode uh think to myself it does seem like we're getting to the end of this list pretty quick like <laughs> even though we're only in the m's 
it seemed like it was like not that big of a list left and everything but uh, the reason why we hadn't done it is that we were separating austin yes. and a lot of other cities in this one so we're actually sort of restarting into the alphabetical list yeah we're today. sprinkling in austin movies as well and um, then we'll get to dallas and houston and all that stuff too the uh the first one on this list is man what a winner this is robert rodriguez is the adventures of shark boy and lava girl in 3d this is before 3d had become an institution at theaters right right um and uh, they did it on film so it was a 2d film running through your projector with no 3d optics whatsoever but they you still had the glasses then mm. like the paper glasses that would that would hand out and everything um i did watch this movie mm-hmm. and uh it, it's just awful well isn't this the one that like his kid came up with the idea yeah racer like, rodriguez i yeah, think he's like well hell i got enough money <laughs> let's make my kids movie i've seen this movie multiple times at this point because oh. my son did love it when he was younger and yeah man i wanted to like it because again i kind of like robert rodriguez a, a, more than you guys um and it's i think it's precious that like his kid helped write it and stuff like that but it's all over the place yeah. man it doesn't it doesn't look good it's not properly paced like yeah i don't like well, it well this is the, there's a reason that we don't very often turn to children for our screenplays <laughs> right that's true yes i don't remember the last child that won a best screenplay award for uh, like mm. the, at the oscars mm. yeah anna mm. paquin maybe yeah, yeah anna paquin <laughs> <laughs> truman capote <laughs> um but uh yeah this came out in 2005 um it oh, has the dreaded, uh, the dreaded year you saw every single fucking movie <laughs> yes uh I, the the 3d of this was so awful that it was hard to watch just f- like physically to watch yeah um because the colors are just all over the place and just it's washed out maybe i don't know i don't remember i just remember beginning a headache watching it mm. it's it, you already get that kind of feeling with 3d movies anyway when it, even when it's like done quote unquote properly but this one 2d film with the you know like just you know they we just kind of like simulating it and whatever it was just really hard to watch uh you do have a young taylor lautner in this though you yeah know? there's two taylors in this right there's the yeah, shark boy and lava girl taylor dooley plays dooley. lava girl yeah um but uh but yeah this was pre-twilight taylor lautner pre pre taking his shirt off taylor lautner <laughs> uh, yeah. pre-puberty taylor lautner, yeah, yeah pretty much yeah uh but uh it is an awful awful movie it's got a 3.5 on the imdb and i'd say that's that's about right yep yep uh then we uh, got a bunch of richard Linkletter coming up here boyhood uh best picture nominee in 2012 i think uh, uh 2014. 2014 well it came out in 2014 uh this was for uh, yes 2014 so forever this was a movie that was uh richard Linkletter's 10 year project or whatever on the imdb if you looked up his his thing um and uh and just you just heard that they're actually taking an actor and like letting him age naturally throughout the movie whereas normally they would put in an older actor who kind of looks like that person or whatever this time they took that actor and said you it's a 15 year commitment or whatever mm-hmm uh and uh got him from like age of 10 i think six six yeah they started six. six to 18 yeah and uh 
basically goes through his life all the way through that it's a it's a showpiece for patricia arquette oh yeah uh she did she she won the oscar for this i believe she did it's uh it's mainly because she keeps on dating the wrong guys and like she's i so i so like uh the already a bad family life and then every time she brings in a new guy it seems like that guy is going to be the oh he's going to be the cool one and he ends up always being a dick i know the the one like the one constant is actually ethan hawk is his actual dad yeah, yeah. Like yeah he turns out to be the best of the bunch yeah yeah uh but it's a it's a would you consider this a gimmick or would you consider it something that a gimmick that worked out or would you say um what would you say about this i movie? think Okay, so yeah, I think it's a gimmick, and I think it's also a gimmick that worked out. Mm-hmm. I think it ultimately transcends its gimmick. I've seen this three times. Mm-hmm. First time, I was like, why didn't you just shoot that with a different actor? <laughs> and then the second time, I was like, you know what? It does kind of rise above the gimmick mm-hmm. and work. And then the third time I watched it, I decided I loved it. Yes. So uh, I'm all in, and it's it's a unique experience. Um, even plot-wise, it's not like a standard film. Um because once he once he becomes 18, like we start focusing on him and his girlfriend for long stretches of time. Uh, but I, I just like it. It's like it's like looking in every few years on someone's real life. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I got there faster than you. I loved it the first time that I saw it uh, because Ethan Hawke is something about Richard Linkletter brings out the best in, mm. in Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, Patricia Arquette is dynamite, like mm-hmm. a non-traditional mom that really understands like where he's at in the aging process when he gets to be around 18 she knows he's drunk and high and stuff like that and she kind of gives him a knowing look and that kind of thing instead of chastising him uh and the kid eller coltrane mm-hmm. is is terrific and it'll, it'll break your heart a little bit especially if you have a kid to see that opening shot of him just laying on the grass mm-hmm you know skin perfect and everything just looking up into the the sky mm. and and remembering when you were that that age mm. you know and uh the story is great sometimes it gets a little cliche but that's kind of how it how it happens he gets into the the alcohol she starts dating the alcoholic dude mm-hmm. um and but that's that's life yeah. you know and uh the way that the context changes like where ethan hawk is this supreme fuck up at the beginning of the movie Back when, you know, 12 years prior to when the, 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 the movie came out. And then he kind of gets his shit together. And then he's like working on the Obama campaign in 2008. Mm-hmm. And like all this stuff around the, the, the context really lifts it up. So I, I think it's genius. I can't believe that they were able to pull this off. Yeah. And I think it is, uh, kind of dismissed because people think it's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And I think if you didn't know anything about that, and just watch this movie on its own merits i think it'd be terrific yeah there's a it's a time capsule for sure um the the scene the scene that i remember at the beginning of the movie is uh his sister like just going oops i did it again (laughs) this is actually when the song was was popular and everything (laughs) lorelei linkletter who was who's actually richard linkletter's real daughter um he told her straight up this is a long commitment so if you want to do this 
you're gonna have to be there the entire time and like after the first like week or something there's some i don't remember what it is she said she wanted to quit yeah in fact, she like nearly did quit oh my and uh and then uh somehow was able to wrangle her back in and say just you know <laughs> either way she she's grounded if she doesn't do it. yeah 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 <laughs> um but uh yeah i i really loved boyhood i haven't seen it since it came out but uh but i but i really really loved it oh, it's so good uh then uh this is probably my favorite all time is Days and confused um uh i've seen Days and confused a good 30 times um it's just one of those movies that's perfect to me it's all in one night yeah. one uh, this uh, one day of this of these uh kids lives these uh future seniors and future freshmen essentially i mean i guess there's some sophomores and juniors sprinkled in but the it's the freshmen that are that are focused on and the seniors that are focused on mm-hmm. the most um and uh, then a wooderson yeah and wooderson <laughs> yeah and uh and so like uh it's 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 just a day it's the last day of school uh uh everybody's sort of sort of planning for their future but they're still kids and they want to still do kid things and everything mm-hmm. uh the the big one of the big plots of this is uh jason london's uh randall pink floyd character who's a quarterback and everybody's relying on him to come back in the senior season and uh but they want him to sign this uh this don't do drugs policy or whatever and uh everybody on the team has sort of been like okay we'll just sign that and still do the drugs right. what, what's the point uh but he wants to make a big deal out of this saying you know look we've we've gone this far with us before why do you just trust us and let us do uh what we want to do and i know that's what makes him it makes it sound like this movie is about and it really isn't yeah but uh the movie is really about trying to get to a party right and yeah. um it's about the characters really yeah right? it's about the characters and all this and it's just a bunch of you know characters having observations you see anthony rap in there talking to adam goldberg and he's like uh you know, had a had a really weird dream last night. I'm having sex with this perfect female body, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." He's like, you, you gotta get me what's uh, you know, you gotta give me what the rest of this dream is, man. You, you can't just get a setup like that and not deliver and everything. <laughs> and he's like, "But with the head of Abraham Lincoln." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's so many people in here who who have gone on to super long careers. Ben Affleck is in this. As, God, I forgot Ben Affleck. As, uh, the the asshole uh, who wants to just like tag every freshman <laughs> with the paddle and everything. And it's it's sort of the initiation, right, <laughs> for freshman guys is that the seniors get to like whip them with paddles. <laughs> and that's the that's sort of a running thing that happens all the way through this is these guys are getting are getting paddled and then like trying to avoid others who haven't paddled them yet um and uh we have uh the main the sort of the main character i would say jeremy london sort of a main character and then i would say that uh the other guy um wiley wiggins wiley wiggins mm-hmm. who was also in waking life mm-hmm. uh is uh is is one of the one of the main characters of this there i mean a lot of a lot of characters are around them but i think it's really focusing on them throughout and everything um but uh yeah it's all they, they they're gonna have this there's gonna have this party 
uh, this guy is going to have a party at this at his parents' house, and his parents are going on vacation, and the house is all going to be to themselves and everything. But the beer guy comes early, yeah, and uh, and so like the father starts starts getting wise to it and says, "All right," and they they decide not to go to on the vacation. <laughs> And that's when Wooderson comes in and says, you know, party at the moon tower, <laughs> two kegs, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, so everybody goes to the moon tower, yeah. which I think anybody in a southern town is familiar with a place like this. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, even Nashville has a place like this mm-hmm. where people like watch fireworks and stuff like that. Uh, I love this movie so much. Um, and uh, I, I don't know what – I know that I brought this movie up uh, – in an earlier podcast you guys aren't nearly as high on it as i am yeah i like it a lot um i like it's not at the top tier of of uh richard linkletter uh movies to me Mm -hmm. uh but and i might get there it took me forever to get really that emotional connection to almost famous Mm -hmm. um so and this is not that kind of movie but it's like a different the same style of movie i guess Mm -hmm. you know so um i do like it though man i'll tell you what the first time through almost famous when she goes your aura is purple (laughs) i felt that shit (laughs) yes um i really like this movie i just don't think um i think you're in the majority though chris Mm -hmm. i think most most film fans adore this movie Mm -hmm. whereas i just kind of like it um i i've only seen it twice i think Maybe I just need to watch it more. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't have anything negative to say about it, um, <clears throat> except Matthew McConaughey. I can't stand that fucker. Yeah, <laughs> what kidding. a dick. It's, uh, it's interesting that the that character <clears throat> has become like a cult favorite, basically, right? Like mm-hmm. like the Dow of Wooderson. Yeah, uh, with the all right, all right, all right. But there's some there's some legitimately creepy shit. Yeah, that he does in that, and we all laugh about the high school girls staying. I get older, they stay the same yeah. age. But. <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also the seventies and you know, uh, have, you know, dating minors was okay back yeah, then. That's apparently. True. Um, but, uh, the, there are so many, there's so many moments, so many lines in this movie that, um, I'd say if you haven't seen it in a while, give it another shot because, uh, I keep thinking of scenes right now that I like, just go, I want to go through the whole movie. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's probably better than you remember it. Uh-huh. Um, it's a big recommend from at least me. And I know that those, I know that the other two like it, but yes. I'm big recommending it. Uh, a movie that I have not gotten around to on uh, as far as considering it great yet, and I need to watch this more. Is everybody wants some? Oh. Yeah, and, I think I'm right in your your ballpark. Yeah, um, everybody wants some was touted as this big like you know sort of an '80s follow up to Dazed and Confused, mm-hmm. and I I just did I don't see it. I just don't see yeah, it. Yeah, what is it, like a spiritual sequel or something like sort that? Sort of, yeah. yeah. It has nothing to do with Dazed and Confused at all, but it, it was it's sort of that same style. It's it's picking a decade, it's picking a big cast, and uh, and it's it's about these baseball players who mm-hmm. are going to, like, uh, some, is it a camp or something, or is it a... Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. The thing that I like about this movie is, like, the genuine, after, like, a little bit of light hazing at the beginning, mm-hmm. like, they're all going through all this together there's a genuine affection for those characters for each other Mm -hmm. and and it becomes this brotherhood that transcends like just a baseball team and it's very cool to watch you know because you know typically you've got the characters protagonists fight before the climax of the movie cliche Mm -hmm. and stuff like that 
and I don't think there's really any of this. There's a little bit of like you know banter back and forth, but they have each other's backs, and it's it's very cool. I don't think it has the narrative oomph. Uh, nice gesture. Something like mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking the air right now. He's got two fists up in the air, and he's like his whole body That's how is I thrusting. Roll. The oomph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and I <clears throat> I think it's fine, but I, I wouldn't consider it as as like one of his masterpieces. Did, did introduce me to Zoe Dutch, Zoe Dutch though. Yes, and um. I'm I'm all I'm 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 in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Has yeah. ever been a bad Zoe? Huh? Has ever been a bad Zoe? I don't think so. I haven't met one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Kravitz, Deschanel. Um, yeah. yeah, they're all they're all good. They're yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have Frank, the uh, Michael yes. Fassbender uh, with a helmet, like a head helmet over his head, a uh, band movie. Uh, you the, said this is good though, right? One yeah. of the all-time recommends that Chris uh, gave to me, like on, on the same parallel as Locke. Wow, that I would never find on my own, and uh, has Donald Gleason in it as well. And uh, this is about a band who is—they're like they're one of those. Uh, we don't really want to be popular bands. Um, They're like super integrity. And then, and Michael Fassbender is this guy who wears this head helmet and they sing these songs like, you know, they're average or whatever, I guess, like, or average to bad songs. Yeah. They're experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Donald Gleason comes in and, uh, sort of wins the attention of, of Fassbender's character in a way that none of the other people, including Maggie Gyllenhaal, who's in this, uh, where it has ever been able to crack this guy's psychology before. And, uh, and he starts saying, oh, well, we, if we did this and we do that, if we went to uh, South by Southwest and we sent out all of these tweets and everything, <laughs> we can start getting more and more like, you know, uh, get bigger and bigger and everything. They hire him as like a keyboardist. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, because they're, they're original keyboardists like freaks out at the beginning of the movie doesn't it yeah yeah something yeah <laughs> and uh and so like the whole direction of the band changes due to the due to donald gleason's influence in this thing and and basically fastbenders like you know all right we'll go on go go with this and everything and uh and so like i guess they're trying to be big at some point much to the chagrin of the rest of the band mm-hmm but uh but then he has one like big failure and it sort of like uh it sort of puts fastbender's character on a spiral Mm -hmm. this movie is weird but good this movie is very good i i did not expect this movie to be as emotionally impactful as it is Mm -hmm. um because it there's a tremendous mental health uh component to this movie Mm. about why frank does what he does and how that represents itself and how that resolves itself ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's not really a spoiler. At some point you see him without the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see all the different scars and just toll that it's taken on his head because he doesn't take it off ever. Mm-hmm. He's got like an air conditioning unit in there that's, that's always keeping him cool. Um, but you see in it, and it marks kind of, how he is on the inside too because he's 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 good at everything like he's a tremendous songwriter like he's a good singer uh everybody loves him he's like the the perfect guy is super polite uh but then you see the stuff inside and it's yeah it's emotional the the last scene of this movie oh it's perfect will punch you in the gut and and not like in a terrible way in an uplifting way but in also a sad way it's it's Awesome. It's a perfect, perfect ending to this movie, and it's got also that song 
that they play is good yes it is it's a really good song at the end of that um uh you'll find yourself humming it at times. Yeah, do, they, yeah. do they go in the sha la 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 <laughs> you know what the, what's so crazy about the way shit is and the way shit works <laughs> that song in frank is about 50 times better than the shallow <laughs> it is it is definitely and and the shallow is the one that gets the the credit because lady gaga and bradley cooper are singing <laughs> meanwhile michael fassbender in a hel- in a head helmet sings something it must not be all that good. Um, Speaking of Fastbender, have you seen the trailer for Dark Phoenix? Have you seen it? Oh, uh, I saw the very first one. That was a couple months ago. But I, I think there's a new one out. But I, this motherfucker looks exactly like The Last Stand. Oh, yeah? Like, oh. the trailer is cut to where all the same beats are there. Like, he controlled her mind. Like, uh... Professor X controlled her mind and he did something. He kept the truth from her. And now she's unleashed hmm. and she goes to Magneto and he helps her out. And then she becomes a destructive force and then she's going to like threaten the world. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Maybe we have a Manhunter Red Dragon situation. Maybe so. Honestly, in hindsight, I wish the Fox Disney merger had gone through just about five months earlier. We would, would, would have kept us from this movie. Do you think they would have just buried it? Here's what I think. I, I don't know. Everybody involved is a lovely person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not disparaging any of the people. But don't you kind of feel like this was a lame duck movie? Like everyone involved knew we're probably not going to get to make any more with this cast and this creative team because we're being usurped by Disney and Marvel's going to want to do their own thing with these characters. And I think maybe there was a little bit of, I don't know, obviously I haven't seen the film, but I, that's how I feel about it. Like mm. it's going to be lukewarm to me because I, I don't know. I don't, you really think they went out on a super high note and nailed everything? I No, I don't. After I mean, Apocalypse? They, yeah, they, they threw the shoots. I actually like Days of Future Past generally but apocalypse just i mean absolute all the momentum was stopped Mm -hmm. on that and just from maybe the trailer's wrong but it doesn't seem like anybody's real interested in doing anything (laughs) spectacular yeah so yeah i think you're right yeah uh then we have machete robert rodriguez again (laughs) this this was based on a trailer that was in grindhouse they they now i don't know if I don't know if they made the trailer first or he had some sort of a hint of an idea of Machete. He did. It's based on it's a it's based on an actual character from the Spy Kids franchise. Oh, yeah? okay. Then it became the trailer for Grindhouse. Oh. And then it became its own thing. Okay. Um cuz Danny Trejo and Robert Rodriguez are, you know, attached to the hip. Right. Um but I remember this being a trailer and I was like all of these movies that they put in Grindhouse, the uh, the Thanksgiving from Eli Roth, the Don't from uh, Edgar Wright, yeah. um, and uh, these the, I mean, these are all like good good things to do as trailers, but none of them seem like full movies to me. Right. Machete does seem like something that could be done, and it did get done in this situation. And I saw this, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember thinking it was okay. Yeah, it's real cut up, like grainy, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like Grand yeah, House stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they they implement all the stuff that's in the trailer really well, I think too, because um, uh, I think they still use the footage from the trailer mm-hmm. in this thing, even even though the trailer came first, they had to make the movie afterwards. Uh, but uh, I remember this being okay. It was just, uh, it's just not, it's not my cup of tea, really. It's just too much going Maybe on. Either. 
And I think De Niro shows Bobby, up in this movie. Bobby D's in this. De Niro shows up in this. So Stallone, maybe. The Stallone? Because I know Steven he should, Seagal. Steven Seagal yeah. shows up in this. <laughs> Fucking uh, uh, Jessica Alba's in this, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lindsay Lohan, right? Is no, she was in the second one, I think. Oh, was she in the second <laughs> one? Machete Kills? It was Michelle Rodriguez was in this. Uh, right, yes, Lindsay Lohan yeah, was Lindsay in Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. In fact, I think there was something going... I think this was one of the movies that she was doing when she went to court and said that she couldn't go to jail or do something or whatever because she was doing movies. Yeah. And this is one of them. I can't let Danny Trejo down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll come after me with a machete. That's right. <laughs> That's very correct. Uh, Show him like a still from the set. Like, look how dangerous this guy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah and then they did machete kills which i did not see i didn't see that uh, i haven't seen either of them and i'm proud yeah hmm. you're not missing anything yeah. i don't think <clears throat> i don't know might be up your alley um might be is there a lot of titties in it <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of titties no one's well, gonna it, get that joke and now i'm just gonna look like a pervert until <laughs> they get to the outtakes and then make the other there comment is, I, there is nudity in this is movie. it there's a fake jessica alba shower scene <laughs> yes where she's and there's a scene clothed, but they digitally remove it there's a scene with lohan and somebody else where they're naked but it's like hair covers them the whole time uh, and then like uh there might be something else in there i think there's a scene at the beginning but uh but yeah have you guys ever seen those deep fake nudes or something like that I, i'm not gonna put you on the spot okay here's my here's my journey with deep fake nudes mm -hmm. i didn't even know what that was but like apparently it's where somebody digitally puts the face mm -hmm. on uh like a porn star having sex sure. and it looks like whoever it is i've never seen any one of these uh just because i don't know i'm not really interested in like fake porn right just watch real porn uh but then i saw oh somebody did a deep fake uh mapping of steve buscemi's face on jennifer lawrence when she was not not with the the nudes no when i know she was uh accepting an award or something like mm -hmm. that or like after the golden globe someone privately like sent me this just to fuck with me somebody who was part of the conversation that started all this it is disturbing and i wrote back for this you will pay a terrible price <laughs> because, it up. because it's so well done it's jennifer lawrence her voice her mannerisms but it's Steve Buscemi's oh face. God. It's like fucking the perfect female body with the head of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. The, it is so disturbing. I don't oh, know. Man. So it certainly turned me off from ever even like exploring like a porn version of this because right. I think it would it would just creep me out. <sighs> then Sorry. we have the original, The Magnificent Seven. Um, I have seen this, but I haven't seen it in forever. But it's uh, it is a remake of the seven samurai yep. akira kurosawa uh but this has a ton of people in it uh yul brenner steve mcqueen charles bronson eli wallach uh robert vaughn james coburn there's a million people yahoo serious yahoo serious <laughs> paul hogan um, and it's got one of the most iconic american scores of all time from elmer bernstein yeah yeah absolutely God, i love the music from this is it, um, is it the, the music that goes it's bonanza i know i was making a joke <laughs> well um, it's funny because it does no that's straight i don't know but once once you hear this theme you will instantly recognize <laughs> all right i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna bring the show to a halt 
I think that's Stripes because Elmer Bernstein also. I, I think that's right. Yeah. That's got 11 million views on YouTube. I probably am 300. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so the Magnificent great. Seven is a great movie. What did um, you think of the uh, remake? Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was perfectly okay. Yeah, I mean, did you ever see it? No, because yeah, everybody said it was just perfectly okay. You have the star power of Denzel Washington, and Chris Pratt, and all that going on. It's 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 perfectly fine. It's, yeah, it's not it's not the original. It's definitely not Seven Samurai, but. Um, it's one of the rare movies, the, this, ver- the original Magnificent Seven that actually has as, is in as high esteem as the, the Seven Samurai. Yeah, yeah. I think Seven Samurai might still get a couple of points edgewise on it, but, um, but it's actually done really well and it's, it's great. It's a great, it's a great movie. Um, so I would say high recommend for definitely. Magnificent Seven. Definitely. I mean, if you haven't seen that, definitely watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go on the other end of the spectrum with Manos, The Hands of Fate, mainly known for Mystery Science Theater. It's the only way I've ever seen it. Yeah, and it's the only way that you can really watch it. Yes. In yes. fact, it is so bad, even even uh, though they're making fun of it on Mystery Science Theater, there's a point where TV's Frank comes up to the screen and says, yeah, sometimes we come up with some movies we have to apologize for. <laughs> Even we have to apologize for. And uh and it it's one of those because there like there's a whole what 10 minutes of them driving around <laughs> in the first yeah, like in and, Texas. Yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Um the the movie doesn't make really much sense at all. Um it's like uh it's like a couple that goes to this house and then like (sighs) (laughs) it's a cult right yeah i I mean there's no explaining this there's really no way of knowing who the bad guy really is because they keep calling this one guy out who like uh that has like the accompanying (laughs) music or whatever um but uh i haven't seen i haven't seen the mystery science theater treatment of this in a long time there is a great story you can find somewhere because some of the people who made this movie were still alive uh about how this movie got made oh really yeah there's a if you can find that somewhere there's an article that you can find where they talk about how this it might have been one of those oral history type things but uh but uh it is fascinating when movies like this do get made and how they get made it's usually someone who's got just enough money to like all right let's blow that on my vision <laughs> and 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 then you know they don't really have a vision or any way of of making that vision but they they go forth they go through it in <laughs> anyway i believe yeah it is this is the mystery science theater uh, episode where i love this is the difference between the old version and the new version is where they'll let some time pass. Mm-hmm. And so there was one of those stretches where I think they're driving around Texas or whatever, 
and they literally like sit there, all three of them sit there for about ten seconds, and Joel just goes, "Do something!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite moments in the whole thing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's supposedly some cult, but I don't think they ever follow through on whatever that's supposed to be during the. T- Maybe they do, and I'm just like just I push so many minute much of it out of my I, it's, mind. It's totally it's. You can't explain it. <laughs> okay. Necessary roughness. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, so we have, was it Scott Bakula's yep, in this? Scott Bakula's the I remember Kathy Ireland playing a kicker. Um, <laughs> I always get uh, this Sinbad one. Is in this? See, I get this one yes. in the replacements. Or with the one with Keanu. No, right? the replacements is so much better than this. Well, they're neither one of them great. No, this one, this one sucks. Yeah. Um, this is is this prison? No, that's the longest yard. Oh God, they're all. <laughs> why don't we just never mind? Uh, yeah. Uh, just from recalling the plot, due to NCAA sanctions, the Texas State University fighting armadillos must form a f- football team from their actual student body with no scholarships to help to play their football schedule with fewer players than most teams. The makeshift team must overcome obstacles that the best teams in the country couldn't deal with using a 34 year old quarterback, a female place kicker, a gang of misfits, Ed straight arrow Gennaro must take his team to play the number one Texas Colts. Yeah, there you go. Hector Elizondo, Robert Loja. Robert Loja. Robert Loja. <laughs> you get yourself a manual. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't. I remember wanting to see this as because I was fourteen when yeah, this yeah. came out, because of Kathy Ireland. Yeah, yeah, of and uh, and uh, of course, there's a scene where she's about to like undress or whatever, and there's this one guy who decides to play the gentleman and like, all right, everybody, <laughs> stay back while she gets nude behind us. You know, <laughs> uh, this um, movie sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh, the Newton Boys. <laughs> Richard, I'm ready. Richard Linklater again. Uh, we have a ton of people in this. Matthew McConaughey, Ethan Hawke, Skeet Ulrich. Skeet. Skeet, 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 Skeet. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. It's a yep. train robbery movie. It is. Um, and I honestly think this movie could have worked. Like oh, I, totally. I watched it two weeks ago. I watched it all the way through, and it's not very good or fun. The biggest problem is the casting of Juliana Margulies as the love interest for Matthew McConaughey. Really? There's no chemistry there. She's completely out of place in the movie, in my opinion. Um, This is right in the heat of her ER run, where she was probably looking to do a film and did this film. Take me out of it almost every time she shows up. Um, Yeah, they rob trains. They rob trains because they want to buy an oil... They want to be oil men. <laughs> right. They get to a point where they actually buy an oil derrick, an oil rig. Uh, but by then, all the big oil men have already come in. and th- <laughs> They literally can't get any oil out of the ground mm-hmm. because Standard Oil and Shell and all these other companies have derricks right nearby that came in at an angle and sucked all the oil out of the, <laughs> they out drank of the ground. They drank oil milkshake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they drank, they drank his milkshake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, and then they decide to go for one big score. It's like three and a half million dollars on a train in Chicago. Mm. And then it kind of turns into the untouchables mm. because they're from Texas and their 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 idea is ain't nobody gonna know who we are, where we're from. Let's just go up there, rob the train, and come back. But of course, Chicago's a mob town. Yeah, not the kind of town where you can get away with a three and a half million dollar heist without somebody knowing. So they get caught, they get beat up, and then I, I might have fallen asleep. There is a point where 
Dwight Yoakam accidentally kills somebody he shouldn't. It's yes. like an FBI agent or something like that. Oh, well, actually, they kill Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, it's one of their own. Yeah. And he thinks it's an FBI yep. guy. Yep. Um, yeah. That's when they're robbing. Uh, I think that's when they're robbing the big three and a half yeah, million dollar train. Yeah. Um, God, no. no. Nothing really about this works. The Texas ac- accents aren't good. Everybody's in the wrong role. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All these actors are good, but... Uh, I think Ethan Hawke should be playing McConaughey's character. I think McConaughey should be playing uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character. I I'd put everybody in a little bit of a different place. I'd replace Junie Allen Margulies with somebody else, and I'd tweak the script a little. This could work. I, no, totally. I remember being excited about this. It, it's kind of like this collection of, it's like, you know, mobsters back in the day or like uh, Gangster Squad, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that, that totally failed. And I guess... That's kind of the recipe of these things that you get a bunch of hot stars together. Yeah. It doesn't always work. You get a hotshot director, too. It's so weird that this would be a Richard Linkletter movie. This is his first attempt, I believe, at a big budget, quote unquote, studio movie. Yeah. He had done Slacker, Days Been Confused. He did Before Sunrise, and he did Suburbia just before this. Mm. Uh, When he did this, this was sort of his first aim. And, you know, and you look at his big studio pictures, he's got this problem a lot. Yeah. Uh, Bad News Bears remake wasn't very good. I know you don't like School of Rock, but uh, School of Rock. I like School of Rock fine. Yeah, but uh, maybe not like as much as everybody else does. Mm -hmm. But uh, but School of Rock, I think, is his, his biggest studio success. Yeah. Everything else that he's done that's been good has been indie. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a, a weird sort of uh, foray into uh, st- big studio picture. <laughs> the and, Newton boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also saw a little bit of this recently, and I was I actually may have liked it. I didn't see the whole thing, though. I, and I, and maybe at the point that I got it that I started watching it, I didn't even see Juliana Margulies in this movie. Yeah, baby. Uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, I was watching it and uh, I was like, oh yeah, I don't remember anything about. It. I saw it when it came out. I don't remember anything about this, but yeah, it's it's actually pretty decent in parts. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I'm telling you, there's more there than we gave. I've have historically given it credit for. I like the idea of shuffling the existing cast around because I think you're absolutely right. I think that could work. I think that could be a recurring segment on a podcast. Would mm. be you can't take a cast bar, yeah, from a yeah. film, no new actors, yeah. just move them all around <laughs> and tell me how it's going to improve things. Uh-huh. Also, what's with movies giving us women? who fall in love with a man, then find out the man is a fucking bank robbery murderer. Uh-huh. And I, I love him, though. He says he's going to stop, <laughs> so I'm going to stay with him for a little longer. Like, what What uh-huh. kind of women are these movies showing us? That's not, a, that's not, like, if my wife found out tomorrow that I was a bank robber and I'd killed three people, she'd probably divorce my ass. Yeah, I would think so. She loves me. She's been with me for years and years and years, but I crossed a line. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just a movie. I feel like movies do this all the time. They yeah. do. They have to. You have to not only have the uh, the the romance, but you have to have the conflict, and you have to have a resolution that's happy. That's like right. the town, which is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. ever. I've seen it a bazillion times, but the way they play that relationship shit at the end is maddening. That she would find out all this shit he's done. And because they slept together a few times, she's going to like lie to him on the phone to tell him there are cops there. There's a big difference between sticking with your man like through through thick and thin afterwards after knowing that and giving him a tip off that the FBI is there. Well, actually, what bothers me more about the tip off moment is that he's watching her. The movie does not need to show me two tip offs. No, no, Uh, I agree. I agree. But uh 
but I just, it's not as egregious. Yeah, but yeah. it's still a problem. It is it is a bit of a problem, but I don't think there's any way that she would have continued that relationship. I think this is just like her parting gift. No, I think you're probably right. Although no. he does kind of the movie wants you to think there's a way because yeah. he does that whole he writes her that letter. Yeah, I'll yeah, see yeah. You again this side of the other. Mm. Um, oh, I fucking love that. I movie. fucking love that movie too. Um, yeah, it reminds me. Whatever reason, it reminds me of Opportunity Knock. <laughs> Dana, Dana Dana Carvey's been lying to this girl the entire movie because he's doing this big scam and shit and like finally the truth comes out and like basically if you watch the end of Opportunity Knocks it's Dana Carvey just going but I love you <laughs> but I love you and she just gets back with him uh, all right yeah hey. you lied to like nothing you said was the truth the entire time but it's okay it's the same thing with wedding crashers too yeah like somehow uh rachel mcadams ends up falling in love with uh, owen wilson mm-hmm. just, yeah because he's adorable and he's got that nose i guess uh then we have no country for old men we've talked about this uh probably a million times. have we yes uh but uh it's a coen brothers movie i hear it uh won some oscars yeah <laughs> i did too and uh it's really 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 good i don't think we need to spend too much time on it here because uh we have discussed it uh many many times and it's awesome and you should watch it and it's awesome yes you should watch it and then you should watch buster scrucks yeah uh then we have office space Ooh. uh office space uh is uh i mean it's a classic comedy at this point 20 years old yeah it is and uh you, you don't expect for something that has a technological component to it to hold up mm-hmm. especially from 99 so it's you know technology has grown leaps and bounds from then yes uh but yeah it it totally holds up i mean everybody has the same feelings as this I guess Mike Judge is from Texas. He is. I think he's also possibly an Austin guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think these Texas guys keep making so many Texas movies because they love Texas or because it takes so long to get out of Texas, they might as well just keep making them there? <laughs> it's probably yeah, so. I think probably that's what's so. happening. <laughs> but this is funny because it's it's every office park suburbia type of setting that you've See, ever seen. I saw this again the other day and it's starting to wane really i think it's still funny and i think it's always going to be funny but i i think it's going to lose its classic status because i think history is going to determine that this movie doesn't know what the fuck it's trying to be because it kind of starts off with this we've talked about this before where he gets hypnotized and so now he's super casual we're just gonna let that fucking dangle right forever Yeah, 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 yeah Uh, is it about his job? Is it about this heist? Is it about the romance? The movie really never commits to any one of them. And I think we like it because we all have had jobs that we hated so bad we wanted to beat the fuck out of a copier. Yeah, yeah. And there's a catharsis here in this movie, especially the copier part. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of funny shit all throughout but there's not a there's not a good solid starting place and finishing place where a story makes sense. you're right i mean after a certain part this movie kind of goes downhill but that's that's the truth for a lot of movies no i agree i'm just saying i'm not sure it needs to be up there with like shit i'm gonna say something like ghostbusters something. 20 years from now i don't know if anybody's ever put it anywhere near that though like i mean i know what you're trying to say um I don't think anybody's put it that high where it's like, you know, it's like a movie we have to see before we die type of thing. Right. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think all movies have this problem with, I mean, 
being a little bit techn- technologically outdated by the mm-hmm. time. I mean, you watch Back to the Future, even you know, yeah. just stuff like you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's there's not there's not a lot of technological stuff other than him the DeLorean, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, I agree with you though about about the way it goes about its business is that the hypnotization thing uh does, like never really has a has a resolution it yeah. just kind of is like you know well it might be wearing off now i don't know <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. and like that's supposed to be a big thing i think that's the first act break is yeah, when is. he gets that when he gets that you know when he's doesn't give a fuck anymore deeper and, and deeper yeah and way, then we, way down <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but then he then there's the the whole thing he doesn't care anymore and he's gonna get a he's gonna get uh promotion but oh his friends are gonna get fired mm. and so then it's like let's make it about the heist and superman three and all that <laughs> you know um uh it's uh yeah i mean i think i'm always i think people of a certain age will always be able to come back to this movie yep, yeah. but possibly yeah people who were born after the year of 1999 maybe even before 1999 uh won't understand enough about the sort of the the uh soul killing uh idea of uh cubicle working although i think that's in that isn't that still a big huge thing sure yeah so sure. i mean this is this is an idea that will last on i i see what you mean about the execution might not be you know hold up over time well, but, there are definitely the still cubicle farms out there oh, yeah. where people are shuffling in and out morosely day in <laughs> and day out but honestly i don't think Honestly, what we should do is just give everybody their own office if you really want to break it down. Because I don't think these open office plans where everyone is within earshot of everyone else, I don't think that's doing anybody any favors either. I think people have gotten used to it, man. I could not get used to that. Well, I think it bring, I, I think it helps the attitude in the workplace and people dread going to work less. But I think you get a lot less done because you're just chit-chatting and yeah. you're looking at your neighbor's screen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. I've, I've, I've derailed us again. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Um old yeller um <laughs> where are you going with that shotgun? here yeller come back yeller uh sad dog movie <laughs> yeah i mean yeah this is okay so where the red fern grows he has to kill him or he just dies right like the dog the, dies the you have two dogs and they both attack a mountain lion and they die on their own. Yeah. Right? Yes. In this one, motherfuckers got to put. They got to put it down. Yeller. Because he's got the rabies. He's got the rabies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like his dad like orders him to go out there and fucking shoot this dog in the head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, do you understand why we did that? And he's like, it's doing the Game of Thrones thing, right? Like, do you understand why? And I need you to look at it so you right, know why right. we do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. And this is a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that they showed they, us as kids. They gave zero fucks back yeah, in the man. day, man, about killing off beloved characters. Oh, throughout. What, it, what, what really sucks about this movie, I can remember it clear as day, even though I haven't seen it in forever, is that like there's a there's a part it takes Yeller forever to die. Mm-hmm. There's a part where like they're waiting out to see if he's got the rabies, if if like it if it manifests itself because the the raccoon that he bit was definitely rabid, but he's not really showing signs. And then little Timmy or whoever the fuck it is like goes out and like tries to pet Yeller, and Yeller tries to bite him. And he's like fuck. And yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be awesome. And then he has to then he has to have the conversation with dad mm-hmm. and dad's like sitting there eating like a chicken leg or something like that and he's like go out and kill Yeller. Yeah. And 
just gone. Yeah. And then they have the song they hear yelling, come back, yell. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, I haven't seen it in ages, and I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you it's not very good either. Like, I think we have lionized this era of Disney movies as all being great, and they're not. Yeah. Like, my wife just watched a couple days ago. What you want? Apple Dumpling Gang. <laughs> Fuck me with a fork. <laughs> God, I remember watching that That was movie like going to the dentist. I couldn't even stay in the room more than five minutes. It was so fucking annoying. Don Knotts is in that? Don Knotts is in that. Yeah, good, right. good pull. By the way, uh, we were talking uh, in with the office space. We were talking about Mike Judge. Idiocracy, is that based in Texas? Because I know that they shot it there. I don't know. It's, it didn't come up on the list. It's uh, they shot it. I know they shot Idiocracy in Texas, but like, uh, I know that he's in D.C. at some point, and um, I don't know if if they're actually in that they're supposed to be in Texas in that movie. That uh, Hatfields and McCoys I was telling you I watched, mm-hmm. which takes place in West Virginia and Kentucky. They shot that shit in Romania. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very mountainous. Huh? It is, but still, like, huh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you get the country to give you like a bunch of money yes all right <laughs> um then we have uh sergio leone's once upon a time in the west this was his follow-up to all that uh man with no name trilogy stuff yeah I and think... it may be considered still one of maybe his best i don't know if good the bad the ugly might be a little bit slightly above that but this is an incredible follow-up to that movie oh as yeah well um basically just cemented sergio leone as a as a all-time legendary filmmaker was this movie even will smith in his rap for the movie wild wild west mm-hmm. riffs this title yeah, yeah. <laughs> once upon a time in the west yeah remember that i yes. do i do remember i also that. remember this movie is fucking long yes yeah. it's two hours and 45 minutes uh starring henry fonda mm-hmm. and uh charles bronson is in this and the gorgeous claudia cardinal yes um all-time beauty she's a fine filly man <laughs> she is a fine filly but uh what do you remember yeah. about this sergio, sergio leone wanted to retire from westerns mm-hmm. after the man with no name trilogy and he came back the studio gave him enough money or enough clout or whatever to do this and uh or they gave him the project it may not have even been set in the west but he he went back and said i want to set it there and it's gorgeous um it's an absolute classic i mean i i don't think i remember it as much probably because i just got kind of burned out on it Mm -hmm. i don't remember as much of it as i do the iconic scenes in the man with no name trilogy Mm -hmm. uh just because i think the characters were more vivid in those previous three films mm-hmm. uh but it's still a great movie uh jason robards also in it uh charles bronson plays a guy who, who is just called harmonica mm-hmm. and there's and again this is uh ennio morricone coming yep. back into to the thing. like every time bronson is playing that harmonica it's such an ennio morricone yep. thing you know and uh and uh you that's one of the main things you'll remember from that movie is 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 him but uh yeah, another good one. Uh, definitely give that one a watch. This is the this is the only speed Charles Bronson had was quiet western. I was going to say like four times slowed down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no facial expression changes at all. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, there was a little bit in Death Wish, but then like, you know, this I mean, is yeah, this even, is his lane right even here. Death Wish. Let's <laughs> let's let's face it uh then we have peewee's big adventure this was yeah. the uh was this the first peewee movie that i saw 
Yeah, I guess. No, I guess I may have seen Big Top Pee Wee before I saw this. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That would be unfortunate. Yeah, Big Top Pee Wee was awful. Um, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a Tim Burton movie, though. It is. And it's one of his early good ones. And, uh, uh, this is a, it's a road movie, essentially, when yeah. it comes down to it. Yeah. With a weird, a fucking weird guy yeah. trying to get his stolen bike back. You yeah. know, what a, what a weird movie this is. Like, it doesn't take place in reality, but it takes place in reality. It right? does. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it should not have happened. Right. Because <laughs> right. this yeah, is yeah. not, this is not enough like the show to really be for fans of the show, but it's made because the show was popular and the yes. character was popular. Yes. And then they put him into this real world, realish world. I think this movie's charming as fuck, man. Oh, I love it. Like, I think it, I think it, I used to watch it because I liked Pee Wee, but in hindsight, I think they really captured some magic here in this one little bottle. He's, uh, well, yeah, he's a a man child, obviously, and he's getting that, his reality tested quite a bit, you know, by the theft of his bike in the first place. Like, normally it's all happy go lucky and he's taping his face up and shit like that, and I pity a fool here who don't eat my cereal. Uh, But, like, yeah, he he actually gets tested and uh, gets in the truck with large Marge and all that stuff and finds out that the Alamo doesn't have a basement, which is the Texas portion (laughs) Mm -hmm. of this. Uh, The the funniest, I I love this movie so much, but he's calling Dottie, or he's calling somebody at home after he gets to Texas, and he's like, I'm in Texas. And she's like, no, you're not. Prove it. And he's like, the stars <laughs> at night are big and bright. And everybody's like, deep in the heart of Texas. And they're all like harmonized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the whole thing is his bike gets stolen. And so he goes across the entire country looking for his bike <laughs> you could pair this nicely with uh jay and silent bob you could back. Mm-hmm. i was i was about to think i was saying and i was thinking i was thinking there's a similarity to this between this and uh and jay and silent they're bob. both reality but not they're both charming road movies that kind of rely on the characters that are weird and how they ever even get invented in the first place <laughs> like peewee's the, to- the tv show peewee playhouse makes no goddamn sense <laughs> no, if, that, it doesn't. if that ever came to life without somebody going oh, we can't do this no. <laughs> can't spend money on this this movie came out just before that uh, hit television so like uh this it came out in 85 the show was 86 oh i didn't know that and i was a big fan of uh of uh, peewee's playhouse when i was like nine ten years old I used to watch that on saturday mornings all the time mm-hmm. uh and the movie and it's just it's so delightfully weird i mean it's perfect for my age age group and everything um you know like uh the whole thing where they were just like come up with the word that they can't say or the, the secret word or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and then someone would finally say it or whatever and they'd go ah! <laughs> and you're just like this is so delightful as a 10 year old watching that and uh there's a one there's one episode where he like says he's in love with celery or something like that. i don't remember what what the food was and goes well if you love it so much why don't you marry it and he goes okay i will <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a big wedding ceremony. I always, I always thought the show came first, and then the I movie. actually did too. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. I'm gonna have to Google some. Hey, you know. so all right, so obviously his career went uh, on a downturn after the porn theater thing. He's kind of jacking off in a porn theater, and I've never been to a porn theater. I haven't either. Are there rules that you can't jerk off? I guess you're supposed to be sitting in a theater watching a porno. And not do anything? I think it's one of those rules like don't take the tag off your mattress where they have to say don't do it for like health reasons. Well, yeah, but the, then everyone does it and it's just like a known. I've never been to a point. expectation that, that you're nobody 
is going to masturbate at all if they're in. I'm saying who fucking caught him? He made a. He may have made. Well, a, he might have made a big deal about it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But would that even be a blip today? Uh yeah, probably would be. Yeah, yeah, especially because he was with the children's show. But like, did he got arrested? Right, like mm-hmm. it was against the law. It wasn't just like, wow, oh, you know, I'm he's, so he's all this. in the in, wrong place at the in wrong July time. In July 1991, while visiting with relatives, Rubens was arrested in Sarasota, Florida, for masturbating during a film at an adult movie theater. During a random police inspection, a detective who had observed Rubens detained him as he was readying to leave. So you've got you're you're a detective, and you're put on the jerk off beat, and right. you have to like take a fucking <laughs> or the beat off jerk, the beat off jerk. You just take the fucking flashlight and go up and down the aisles in the beat off jerk. Like, ah, sir, sir. <laughs> it's just starting to sound more like a setup the more you read it it really does man what the hell is that cop doing what is the expectation of uh, the sweep also resulted in three other arrests oh um gotta crack down on the porn houses when detectives examined his driver's license rubens told them i'm peewee herman and offered to do a children's benefit for the sheriff's office to Uh take care of this yeah i mean that's nice yeah (laughs) to take care of this quote unquote (laughs) maybe maybe Um, the timing was a little off that's true (laughs) let's think about the kids yeah yeah exactly um yeah, maybe maybe they had a you know a, a crime wave of masturbating people. <laughs> just uh, just it, it sounds so much fishier Mitchell, now. Mitchell, <laughs> you've got a call at the I, porno house. I mean, can I have to, I have to make a sweep? So I'm 16 years old. Mm. So I'm pretty sure I was just like, wow, that's gross, and yeah. then moved on with my life. But now uh, looking back, I have so many questions yeah, about how too. all that came to be. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like. It almost makes me wonder if it's got a Steve McNair situation. Like when he got pulled over for drunk driving, it was because the cop kind of had like a little thing Uh to get him uh and had watched him come out of a club and followed him waiting for him to do something. And I guess he weaved over a line. By the way, that doesn't mean that Steve McNair did not drive drunk. Right. Right. But legally, you can't arrest a guy that way. Kind of feels like one of those situations where like maybe someone was targeting him. Can we do one of those like deep dive podcasts? Oh, making a murder this particular subject. We should. Actually wait, no, we should. Has anyone? I don't like know. Like a true crime documentary dive into the 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 beat off jerk would you call yeah, the jerk off yeah, beat? Yeah, yeah, what either way. We could call it the jerk off beat <laughs> or the beat off beat or the beat off yeah. beat. Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's doing. There's, probably someone's doing. There it. probably probably is. Uh, th- I think there's a couple others that out there, like Fred Willard. I think was uh, uh, arrested for this. Uh, yes, a few years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but there's a few. There's, there's a been few. a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Fred Willard? Uh, he's in all the Christopher Guest stuff. stuff. He's the in Best in Show. He's the the uh, announcer guy. He's yeah, an okay. anchor man. So he was at the he was at Adult Theater. Yes, mm-hmm. he was an anchor man. He's the he's the head of the station or whatever. Can I ask? I'm a- gonna have to fire you. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking <laughs> yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. The one who always works with Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. was on acid and shooting arrows into a crowd. Yeah. Have yes. you guys <laughs> ever thought? I really want to watch people having sex with other guys. I have so many questions. Oh, what? I mean, in the room. I want to sit down with no, a bunch of other guys and watch porn. I have so porn. many questions about porn theaters in general. In general, yes. Like, yes. especially today. Yeah. Not only is that shit free online, 
But that shit's free online. You're paying, and, and this <laughs> this comes up in Taxi Driver too, because that's where. And that theater was fucking crowded too. Yeah, yeah. And I guess people were taking dates. Yeah. You know, on that. But like, you pay money, you sit down, and God knows what on right. the chair. You're surrounded by people. You get people like Frank Costello over there that's that's jerking off right. with a fake boner and everything. Right. Like I don't. It, it, nothing about this practice is familiar i think the only way that it ever made sense was 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 back in the day right when porn was harder to come by as an average citizen and the xx rating was you know more looked down on Mm -hmm. maybe it was the only place to go for that in 2018 2019 if there are still porno theaters i do not understand y'all yeah yeah your business your business model yeah frightens me (laughs) if there are they are probably like tiny like you know booths or something yeah like i doubt that there's a whole like full service get popcorn and, and a drink porn theater. do they sell popcorn at these yeah, places in taxi driver yeah there's that's a, right there's yeah, a yeah. point where he goes up and like the you know ask for popcorn and a drink or yeah. something they sell popcorn and purell yeah yeah that's true that's very oh true. jesus anyway uh, Wee's big adventure yeah wow um that's then, why people come to the show though it's distractions and detours <laughs> like that yes I just have questions uh then we have a perfect world uh clint eastwood directing uh himself and kevin costner and laura dern uh yeah. in a really good movie that has been just mm-hmm. under underseen over the years um uh this came out in 93 um it is it's just really good kevin costner is like a a convict or mm-hmm. something and he takes this kid with him it's not his kid right uh and i can't remember how he ends up i don't remember how that happens how he gets the kid in his car i don't quite remember how they end up together either because he, it's like he escapes from prison no, I think. he's a hostage the boy's a hostage the, you know, the, the kid is a hostage yeah, yeah. but i don't know how he ends up getting him because i don't know if it's because they were they were robbing something and then they took him as a hostage he ends up costner ends up killing his partner later because he's a fuck up Mm -hmm. but 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 it's just these two on the road and eastwood and dern and all them are trying to locate him basically but uh a perfect world is a really good movie and it just came out and just nobody i think if they had come out with it today like if with eastwood's now clout as a director because remember back in the day eastwood was he had clout but not like he's an oscar worthy right. type of director or anything no because he after really dirty harry i guess and he did so many of those sequels like his career was just kind of in decline at some point yeah i mean he he had done unforgiven Unforgiven, oh, that's true. Yeah, unforgiven yeah. had come out before this yeah but i still think people might have considered that still possibly a fluke yeah. in his whole thing because remember even after this he's doing like absolute power and uh <laughs> blood work, blood work <laughs> and it's an absolute power where he's a he's an art thief or something like that and he jumps out of the yeah the thing. yeah he watches the president kill his mistress <laughs> but they but then he did um what was the one with malkovich um in, in the, the line, line of fire, fire. but that but, fire. The, he, but that wasn't him directing that oh was, that's right that was uh wolfgang peterson who did that but um but he as a director i don't think people really gave him that like even though he just won an oscar i don't think people were and and maybe too costner was kind of going downhill on his career he was at one point the top male star there was in 93 maybe he had started to wane a little bit i don't know this movie wasn't marketed well i guess 
but it's really well, it's good. It's also uh, time frame wise, this is coming on the heels a year or two after the bodyguard. Yeah, because the bodyguard mm-hmm. was big when I was finishing up high school, I think. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the problem was he was seen as a romantic leading man, and to try and shed that image, he went to this killer criminal on the mm-hmm. run, and the crowds weren't having it just yet. Yeah, yeah. Do you like this movie? Yeah, I actually saw it when it came out and forgot it, just like the rest of the world, and then I saw it about six, eight months ago. It was running on one of the movie channels, and, and like Chris said, I found it a lot better than I had remembered hmm. it being. Uh, it has no reputation at all, mm-hmm. good yeah. or bad. Yeah. Um. It came out uh, November 24th, so it came out Thanksgiving 1993, and Laura Dern had done Jurassic Park by this time, yeah. too, so not that Dern was like the for, you know forefront of the marketing of this movie or anything, but uh, I don't know. Something, something uh, went wrong with that. Nobody really watched it. I think it's developed a cult following over the, over the years, but um, that's, a, that's a movie I'm going to highly recommend as well. Mm-hmm uh planet terror which was the uh, other half of grindhouse robert rodriguez's uh this was the sort of a i guess it's a a body snatchers almost kind of uh alien yeah i guess so or i always took it as kind of a zombie type of thing yeah but i it's... guess so yeah uh this one I, I i like it i like it okay it's it's ridiculous, yeah. obviously. It's over the top, obviously. Yeah. This is very much like the inverse of of uh, From Dust Till Dawn, where his Robert Rodriguez is way over the top, and Quentin Tarantino is more dialogue focused. I don't really even like this movie that much, but I enjoy watching it. It's hmm. super fun. Hmm. Yeah. I really love Freddie Rodriguez. Yeah. Who I think is criminally underused. Like he was in Six Feet Under mm-hmm. and then this, and he's terrific in this. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I forgot there was the bioweapon thing that's caught, ca- you know, creating these zombie like creatures mm-hmm. or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's good B movie fun. And I think it's one of the rare, rare B movies where they're actually aiming for that mm-hmm. and they actually get it pretty much, even though there's, it, even though it's very knowing about like what it's, what it's doing and everything where I think most B movies don't really have that, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's an awful scene where Tarantino, when Tarant in Tarantino's death scene or whatever, mm-hmm uh involving his penis yep um <laughs> yep it's not very not cool it's not cool um but uh but planet terror is fun um, it is fun it, it makes zero sense it is totally a b-movie but it's fun to watch uh the next one is problem child this is a terrible 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 movie really yeah no yes. which one is this it's the one with john ritter and the the problem child oh i never saw it Really? Uh, I'm pretty sure John Ritter... God, never mind. Every episode, I got a bag on my parents not let me watch shit. I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure John Ritter was off limits because Three's Company he was kind of like promiscuous. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He, this this is a kid that is so unlikable that... Yeah. That... that I don't know. It for goes too reason. far. It goes too far. I was, uh, I was 13 when this movie came out, and I'm sure that I liked it okay <laughs> at 13. But when you go back and watch any of this, oh God, this kid, <laughs> like, like, I don't even want to say what I'm thinking right now because it's, it's too fucking crass. <laughs> um, but you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mind seeing this kid locked up for a while. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, there yeah, is. well, it has been a while since I've watched it, and uh, I enjoyed it when when I was a kid. In fact, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and and I and now I haven't seen it in forever, so maybe maybe I'm I'm misremembering some things, but 
I do remember there's a scene where like he gets on a uh one of those tilt a whirl uh rides or whatever and mm-hmm. he's like just eating something and like so he vomits and then like everybody vomits yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's just nothing but vomit everywhere <laughs> and um and you know um it's one of those type of movies yeah Whoa. this is uh michael richards is in this he oh, plays really? like a mobster interesting yeah um uh, there's a lot of people on it like uh yeah you talked about ritter you have jack warden gilbert Gottfried, amy yasbeck mm-hmm. um, i love amy yasbeck. yeah I do too yeah uh then we have real steel yeah baby yeah <laughs> is this the hugh jackman one hugh yep. jackman rock'em sock'em robots yeah. okay this is a charming okay movie mm-hmm. that somehow the internet has decided is it was greater than we all thought yes yeah and now it's got this cult following as like an actual great film when it's still just okay and good yes it's not I, bad. you're absolutely right it's yeah not bad. it's weird how that happens right where a movie comes out and everybody's like i hate this this is terrible and then people are like eh, better than you think yeah. and then suddenly it's better than they think yeah. i wonder if this is aquaman syndrome mm. now i haven't seen aquaman you've seen it i have is it living up to the reputation that it's now getting yeah maybe so um i mean in your estimation no, it you may think, be one of these type of movies yeah. you might be might be absolutely right yeah i mean it's like like i always say like thinnest kid at fat camp right mm-hmm. where it's like oh well you look fantastic compared, yeah, to, compared to all this else. other bullshit yeah. i know that i've seen a, a lot of headlines about aquaman i know that it's like the highest grossing dc movie right mm-hmm. of all time now <clears throat> i think it might be yeah how where does that rank compared to black panther and infinity war because i think it's a lot closer than anybody's talking about I think once you go over a billion. Oh, you mean money wise? Yeah. And I think that's a, I think it's, I think it should be okay. I haven't seen Aquaman. I don't think it's going to enjoy, uh, be enjoyable to me, but mm. I think DC and Warner Brothers should be able to beat their chest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. With and this movie that grossed over a billion dollars worldwide. You don't hear a lot of like Duncan on Marvel or something like that. I think it's because they, they realized that this was, it felt like they were dunking on Marvel a little bit with, uh, with Wonder Woman. It did kind of feel like that. Like, but I think that was better reviewed than this was, yes. but it wasn't as financially as successful right. as this one. Right. I just, I mean, again, they've got a long way to go. To, to, I'm not saying they should be dunking on Marvel, but they should at least be beating their own chests. Yeah, saying, yeah. hey, look, we're, have, are you looking it up, by the way? Yeah. Uh, now, domestically, it's still fourth. Um, definitely beat Dawn of Justice worldwide. And Wonder Woman, it beat Wonder Woman worldwide. I think it may be the first billion dollar. I think that's what everybody was making a big deal about. It. Aquaman made a billion worldwide. Well, and it passed Dark Knight Rises is the mm-hmm. other headline that I've seen. Um, but uh, in the DC Extended Universe, domestically, it's fourth. It's still behind Suicide Squad. It's it's behind Dawn of Justice. It's behind Wonder Woman. And it won't it won't catch Wonder Woman. It might catch the other two. Wonder Woman made $400 million. But it has easily surpassed them worldwide. A uh, billion dollars over the highest is uh, like nearly nine hundred million. So mm, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it is. It is at. Uh, it is the number one. I think there's a conversation coming about comic book movies and money because Marvel has done a great job making good movies mm-hmm. that earn a shit ton of money, and now DC. <laughs> has made a movie that's maybe okay maybe great again i'm not trying to bag on aquaman but it's not getting the the critical praise that infinity war or black panther did but it's going to be seen as the same kind of success right, right warner right. brothers is not going to care if bob in indiana 
thinks Aquaman is a high quality film mm-hmm. if they're making over a billion dollars. Venom and Sony is the same way. Yes. Because Venom is not universally loved. They're, they're going to take all the wrong lessons away from Venom. <laughs> right. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> They've already started taking There's going to come a day, I'm afraid, where the size of Disney and the machine, I think it's going to be easy someday for Marvel to quit caring about quality. Yeah. Just shit out a product. Yeah. And you know you're going to get your, your money, but you gobs I'm, of money. I'm kind of impressed they've managed to do it as long as they have it. Yeah. It's got to be that Kevin Feige guy mm-hmm. whose name I can't pronounce. Um, Feige. Feige? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just spell it the way you want it? <laughs> Never mind. Well, it's like the Bears coach is Matt Neggy, but it's spelled an A-G-Y, but it's pronounced Neggy. Fuck that. Fuck that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Um, Funk that. Anyway, Real Steel, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, pretty good. <laughs> pretty decent. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, the effects are really good. Uh, surprisingly good. Yeah, and they hold up pretty well. And it's a nice moving father son. Reminds me the, the other. This is another derail off of another derail. <laughs> we've we've already said our piece about real steel. Yes. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, Jennifer's body had the same sort of thing. <laughs> uh, it came on like the I don't remember when it came on. It was like maybe Halloween or something like that. And Twitter. There was all these Twitter, like, oh, yeah, critics got it wrong again about Jennifer's body. I saw some of that. Yeah, all these people were like, oh, boy, they, you know, <laughs> and and some of their points were right because it was a lot of male critics who were looking at it in a different way than the movie intended and everything. But even if you watch the movie as intended, you're like, eh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. It's not fucking classic like you guys are trying to push. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But not to that point um it was diablo cody wrote that right yeah yes she did um then we have red eye which uh wes craven directed and uh has killian murphy and rachel mcadams this has one of the best trailers of all time what was the trailer like so it starts off with killian murphy and rachel mcadams in this absolute perfect romantic comedy setup oh and it's like he met her at the airport and all this other type of stuff and like the, they're like and then they they sat next to each other on the plane and rachel mcadams like hey oh it's the fancy meeting you here again and blah 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 and then like and then like there's this sudden like turn and there's a and killian murphy's eye turns red and it's like from the director of scream and nightmare on elm street and, and, oh, God. and it's like this big thing because you know, killian Murphy, he's up to no good yeah, on this right. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> he started acting crazy. Yeah, he started uh, the 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 whole real thing that he wants to do is uh, uh, he's because Rachel McAdams knows somebody in airlines or something. And I think he's going after her father or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. And it's a uh, some sort of money type of thing that he wants. But uh, the trailer, I gotta watch. Fucking rules! You have to see this trailer. This uh, this movie's awesome, by the way. Yeah, movie's good too. Uh, and Killian Murphy, this is like one of my favorite things that he's in. I love this dude. I think he's sneaky underrated yeah. in like everything that he's in. Oh yeah. Uh, I loved him in Twenty Eight Days Later. I think he's great in Inception. He's re- he really is. He's he's great in everything. He's, isn't he in Sunshine? Yep. Yes. I love that. He's yeah, I know. he's good looking enough to have had a Brad Pitt career. But he's settled into the sort of the character actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More of a Gary Oldman career. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, very similar, actually. And this movie is, I guess, overlooked because, I mean, it's got Rachel McAdams, one of the biggest stars mm-hmm. in the world, one of the biggest directors at the time, too. It's, you know, it's a bottle prim- a bottle episode premise mm-hmm. uh, because it happens mostly on an airplane. But 
just how that trailer takes you mm-hmm. is how this movie takes you. Like yeah. everything is meet cute and and just a complete like you know, normal setup and everything. And then when it changes, it changes like almost a slow burn because he he's very forthright with her at, at one point, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is how it's going to be." And you can see her mind going like, "How can I possibly get out of this?" Because he's thought of everything. Yeah, uh, the ending gets a little too like. He's a superhuman type of thing mm-hmm. for me, but like it's so good. And there's superhuman a superhuman like the beast in Split, or superhuman like he's all omnipotent. Superhuman like the uh, the older guy at the end of Snowpiercer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the dude that the the guy that gets shot and stabbed and fucking right. strangled and all that and keeps yeah. coming. Yeah. That's kind of how this dude is. <laughs> yeah, Killian survives this. Is what yeah. you say over and over yeah. and over at the end. Of the and there's a and there's a point where Wesley Snipes says, "Always bet on black." <laughs> says that in this movie. Well, it's funny is that I almost made dead serious. I almost made a Passenger Fifty Seven joke about thirty seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a good recommend for me. Anytime, for sure. by the way, anytime you see on cable, Passenger Fifty Seven is on. Like tw- two times this has happened. I'm like, I hope it's around that time where he says always bet on black. And it has been. <laughs> it's weird, man. I have that ability, too. I turned on Black Snake Moan the other day, and it was right at the beginning of that scene that we were just talking oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's playing the guitar and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dum, 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 woke up this morning. <laughs> Uh, then we have results. I have not seen this. Tell us about it, Barrett. This, you would like this movie, I think. Uh, this is, uh, Colby Smulders and Guy Pierce and dude, dude that you've recognized from something. Kevin Corrigan. Kevin Corrigan. Corrigan. And it's got Giovanni Ribisi in it. Yes. It's, it's a, it's a little indie, not rom-com because it's subversive. It reminds me of like a, like a Swanberg or like Duplass Brothers movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this super rich dude, Corrigan uh, plays him that, uh, wants to get into shape. And so there's a, there's a couple Colby Smulders and uh, guy Pierce that have like this fitness thing and they're, they're doing like 24 hour, like shock therapy for this guy. Like he's going to change his diet and he's going to change this. He's going to exercise. He smokes weed all the time. He drinks beer all the time. And at, at one point, even though he's gross and disgusting, uh, and Colby Smulders is perfect. She starts falling for him, and a- again, it sounds like a rote premise, but it's it's done really, really well. And Guy Pierce, I haven't seen him this good since like Memento. Honestly, really, like, he's got a weird, quirky character that he plays perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you so, yeah. not see? Alien, whatever the, the Space Jail movie. <laughs> this, no, I was gonna, I was trying to think of the. Prometheus. Prometheus. Shit, fuck. <laughs> Couldn't even think of it. Space jail. Fuck, fuck Isn't he in a space jail? No, that's jail lock up or lockout lock or lock in. <laughs> and I lock. love that movie unashamedly. <laughs> no, this is this is a good movie. It's it's very much if you like um, Duplass Brothers or Mumblecore's type of uh, movies, this this would be up your alley. He there's a movie on Mubi right now called a funny ha ha oh is that the same guy andrew boyalski or boyalski or whatever did this he also did a movie called computer chess which is a documentary uh or maybe not a documentary i can't remember it's shot like a documentary anyway about uh 1980s chess uh people playing chess against a computer Hmm. uh which is it's an interesting movie i don't remember it being great or Hmm. anything but it was fun but uh yeah that uh that guy did that 
This uh, is, uh, I think both of you would, would dig this movie. It's not mind-altering or anything like that, but it's really good. They still haven't created a computer good enough to beat me. It shoots and ladders. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to just process what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me, like, the blankest stare. <laughs> like, how would that work? <laughs> Um, then we have Rio Bravo. Um, this is one of those movies that's so famous that I don't even know if I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the man who shot Liberty Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is, if you're going to pick one Western to watch, like just to get a sense of like the John Wayne. It's Wagons East. Yes. It's Wagons East. <laughs> this is, this is the one to do it, man. Cause it's, it's, it's got everything. Yeah. Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson, Ava Good. Um, <laughs> And uh, oh, who is the the woman in this? Angie Dickinson. Yeah, uh, it's exactly the premise that you've seen before. Small town. You capture uh, like a like a like a hustler, and they got to keep him in jail, even as like his compadres come to try to break him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dean Martin plays a super drunk dude that's super loyal to John Wayne, um, and has to get his act together to to be able to defend this place. Ricky Nelson, who can't act his way out of a paper bag, uh, is the the young buck that's trying to help out and super loyal. Uh, it's a great movie. Yeah, I I, I want to see this now just to just to make sure that I've seen it at this point. It's one of those kind of like uh, singing in the rain type of things where like <laughs> you know like I haven't seen this shit at all, and then you go and watch it and you're like, oh yeah, I've seen this. This is such a common premise, but I think this was one of the ones. I mean, this was 1959. This mm-hmm. was one of the first ones to to at least with this star power uh, present this type of narrative, and it's so good. Yeah, legendary Howard Hawks directed this. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then uh, another Rio, Rio Grande, with also John Wayne, and and directed by John Ford, another legend. Uh, I haven't seen this for sure. I'm an old cow ham from the Rio Grande, <laughs> and I learned to ride before I learned to stand. Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. Ah, nice. It's a good song. Harry Connick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've never seen this movie. Rio Grande, tell us about it, Bear. Uh, it's not nearly as memorable as Rio Bravo. It's mm. John Wayne. Uh, I think it's set around the Civil War. Uh, he's defending. I think he's defending his troops from like the the Native Americans and the Mexicans and the North. So like it's yeah. just a weird thing. Beautiful cinematography, especially for the time. This was, I think, in the forties, was it? No, nineteen fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Okay. Uh, then there is before there was a Ron Howard rush, there was the nineteen ninety one ninety yeah. rush. Oh god! Uh, with Jason Patrick and Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, they are uh, are they undercover? Yes. Yeah, yes. and they are they they it's like a it's a drug den thing. This is a two hour PSA on don't, not doing needle drugs. <laughs> and uh, they do they do the drugs because they have to, <laughs> and they get addicted, and uh, it's really about their addictions while they're uh, undercover and everything. It's a good movie. It's it's not as good as something like Requiem for a Dream, but it's not it's not an easy movie to watch. It's no. not, and uh, Jason Patrick's character gets sucked into it harder than she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're gonna need a shower after this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like me some Jason Patrick. He's one of those guys. Like he just goes away and comes back. Like he, he what's that movie he made? Ah, uh, shit, with Ray Liotta, where they fight each other in the street. Oh, is it um, Narc? Narc. Narc. Yeah. That movie's yeah, awesome. It's a very good movie. And then he just poof disappeared for a few more years. And then Your Friends and Neighbors was before that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
Maybe Speed 2 broke him. <laughs> Maybe it did. I think Speed 2 broke everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's a shame because I, re- I really dug his uh, his performances, really. Yeah. And in, in everything that I've seen, man. Yeah, he's good. Uh, then we have Secondhand Lions. Uh, this was Haley Joel Osment, like as a 15-year-old uh kid in this and this was like sort of a semi comeback because he had he had we had known him as a, a child actor hadn't really seen him in anything since like pay it forward or whatever and then this came out and this may have come out i don't remember if this came out around the time that he had the marijuana possession or whatever. oh i don't know this is oh so, three uh but uh michael kane robert duvall kira sedgwick i never saw this what did you think of it it was fine it's it's almost like a grumpy old man type of thing uh, where Michael Caine and uh, Robert Duvall just kind of like snipe at each other. He goes to live with them because his mother can't raise him for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's basically them being grumpy and, and arguing and everything. Mm-hmm. They're farmers, and he's still precocious. This is like right on the edge of like Haley Joel Osment becoming what he is in like Silicon Valley and all yeah, that shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, nah, it's not. It's not. She can't take care of him well because she spends too much time on the flower farm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Flower farm. Goddamn flower farm. Um, then we have Selena. Um, Jennifer Lopez at one point was going to be the next one of those next big things. This was her big breakout movie vehicle. Yeah. And Out of Sight was going to sort of solidify it. And then she decided to go more towards the pop music route than the acting, even though she still and she did, did all those a rom-coms. lot of, yeah, she did. I mean, she still did acting, but not to the level that we thought that she was going to be, which um, is a shame because she's a much better actress than she is singer. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a it's a good question, right? If she had decided to go acting, would we still consider her? as as famous as uh like do you think that she could have been that kind of actress yes i think i think the the chops that she displayed both in selena which i think is really really good Mm -hmm. and out of sight i think were enough to make her serious and obviously she's so beautiful it's interesting it would have rocketed her because you're right she does have those chops they're there Mm -hmm. they just don't show up in almost any other movie she's in whether well, you haven't about, seen Second Act yet. No. Mm, mm, but whether we're talking true. like Gigli or Made in Manhattan mm. or The Wedding Planner or Mother-in-Law from Hell. Enough. Uh, or Nuff. <laughs> they all, she's locked those chops in some kind of a chest and buried it down in and she's only like surface acting. She in keeps it in her, her butt. Maybe she does. <laughs> um, I agree. I, I And it's a shame because she is likable, even in those stupid movies like Monster-in-Law or fucking Made in Manhattan. She's charming. But, yeah, I mean, the, I said the movie mother-in-law suck. from hell. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Selena was a huge, huge singer, and she was going to be like, you know, I think she was about to break out worldwide. Mm-hmm. But she got killed by somebody who was like a member or president of her fan club or something, something of that nature yeah. or whatever. Uh, the whole movie is basically just talking about her rise up into fame and everything. I, there, I guess there's parallels here to uh, career-wise to Aaliyah, who was supposed to be that mm. kind of like huge success and yeah. died way too soon. Uh, but uh, Jennifer Lopez, this is a you know the 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 movie is pretty good mm-hmm. actually. Oh yeah, um, uh, it's better than your average biopic, I'd say. 
but uh but yeah this was supposed to be jennifer lopez becoming you know a huge movie star and after after out of sight and all that man i would love to know what her career would have looked like had she decided to do that instead of like let's do romantic comedies and sing you know jenny from the block <laughs> yeah you know um, i just seen- had to narrate a sin with jenny from the block <laughs> i sang it i went oh, a little nice. i went a little overboard i went a little further because I, I, I love that one. I sang more than was written on the page, <laughs> and then I confessed to the audio track that I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're interested in stuff like that, I would I would definitely watch. Here's why this works: is that like when a biopic really works, you, I like it better when I don't know a whole lot about the subject, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like Ray Charles, like I knew a lot about Ray Charles. I knew a lot about Johnny Cash. I, I knew a lot about like in freddie mercury you know and so maybe for that reason and i was so familiar with their music too Mm -hmm. i don't need to see joaquin phoenix do his version of ring of fire when i can actually listen to the the original version i'm not real exposed to selena's music right so i I guess that's why i ended up liking this more is because it's all new information well and it's just before there was a big latin explosion too in 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 that crossed over into american radio and everything ricky martin ricky martin and uh uh, uh, was it uh, enrique iglesias enrique iglesias and and, uh and uh, shakira yeah yeah and uh there was a that sort of blew up right after after that and i think just about all of these artists too said they looked up to selena at one point too and she was only 23 when she only 23 yeah um but uh yeah good movie i haven't seen it since it came out but it's it's good uh then there we have serving sarah which is the uh, matthew perry elizabeth hurley movie uh <laughs> doesn't he have to like isn't this serving as in serving yeah. serving court? papers yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. process server okay. uh, you know spiritual prequel to pineapple express <laughs> yes <laughs> the matthew perry i thought could carry a comedy like a whole nine yards but you really had to have that writing and in that direction this one not so much well i mean and you you can see the perfect in the middle with fools rush in where the writing is way better yeah. but not good yeah and he's just charming enough. You can watch that movie and come away smiling, yeah, yeah. even though it's I've not that great. oddly seen Fools Rush In a ton. <laughs> oh, have you really? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, such it's like your office Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, no, it's weird. Like, I don't, I don't, and I don't even remember why I've seen it so many times either, but I've seen it a lot. I know a lot of shit about that movie. Um, then we have Slacker. This is Richard Linkletter's uh, first movie. Uh, it may, well, I don't know if it's his first, but it's his, definitely his first. Yeah, I think it is his first. Um, but this came out in 91, and it's I think it's considered one of the forefathers of the independent movement, like Sex, Lies, and Videotape yeah. and all that. Um, this is Linkletter going from, it, it. the camera just follows people all the way through. So it starts off with him. It's it's Richard yeah. Linkletter in a ca- taxi cab talking to a taxi cab driver. And then like, uh, it, like he walks out and the camera focuses on somebody else walking and they, st- you start following their story and you never see Richard Linkletter again in mm-hmm. the whole movie. Uh, but it goes through all these different things. And there's like one I remember where like, uh, old guy is talking to, I think he's talking to a young guy and he's talking about the, uh, the, the guy who got in the, um, uh the uh was it the austin clock tower and shot yeah, yeah. all those yeah, people yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. and he's like 
He's like, I was this close to being able to watch it, but my fucking wife, you know, he's yeah. like, he's like, he's like upset that he didn't get to see this yeah. or whatever. And then there's like just other people. There's a guy who's, uh, who collects all these videotapes and mm-hmm. everything. There's just a, there's a one, there's a woman trying to sell a Madonna pap smear. That's right. Uh, there's just like all sorts of different things that are going on. You like on. this movie? Uh, it's, uh, it, no, no, I do. I like you it. You do? Yeah. I really don't like this movie. Oh, yeah. Because it's regarded so highly, Mm -hmm. I I saw it uh, on videotape long ago, and I went back to to watch it fairly recently, and I was like, fuck this movie, man. It's it's so student film, big ideas, pontificating man type of thing. I know that's the point, but it's so like just self-aggrandizing and just like... Look at how deep I can go and all that stuff. Well, that, and was you just, could uh, say the same thing about Waking Life. I could say the exact same thing about Waking Life, and I'm on the fence about that movie. Yeah, Sla- uh, Slacker. Um, it's I, I like the technique of it. I do like a lot of the conversations in it. So mm-hmm. I, ultimately, I like the movie. Um, it's just it it sort of it's it sort of ushered in a, an exciting new movement for people to go. Oh, we can we can still do that. Like, Even for his own stuff, because this the 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 narrative style or the dialogue, you could see a lot of it in the before trilogy, mm-hmm. right? But I think he needed that context to to really make it sing. Mm-hmm. And I think these people just shouting into the ether or like you know having one off conversations, I think that's what put me off. You can have big ideas like they do in Before Sunset, but. I don't know. They're a little bit more rooted when it's Julie Delpy and, and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, then we have Steven Spielberg's The Sugarland Express. I saw this at the Bell Court with a. Sure. Uh, it was a. Um, a it was a uh, double feature with Duel, which he had done <laughs> uh, a TV movie that uh, a lot of people still refer back to as some of the best suspense ever in a movie is Duel, and he did this on a. It was a TV movie. Mm-hmm uh basically a, a killer truck killer ki- truck driver or whatever uh but sugarland express i don't remember too much about i did see this but it has goldie hawn mm-hmm. and uh ben johnson uh but it's like a, a, so i'm reading the synopsis a woman attempts to reunite her family by helping her husband escape prison and together kidnapping their son mm-hmm. uh and then yeah this, i guess it's a chase movie essentially mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about this. They also take a, a hostage. Uh, ben Johnson. Is it Ben Johnson? No, it's Michael Sachs. Michael Sachs. They, uh, they end up taking a hostage. William Atherton. William Atherton. The the <laughs> uh, and Goldie Hawn is absolutely adorable in this movie, even though she's this psychotic mom that's trying to get back to her kids, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like a slow chase thing. Uh, and it's 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 really, really good. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but like as I recall parts of this movie, like... I remember it being really good. It doesn't feel like a Spielberg movie, which is probably because it's his directorial debut. Yeah, first theatrical debut, yeah. Um, it probably has like all those little things that you can see as precursors to his work, but like it's just a generally good movie. Look no further than Spielberg when it comes to how a guy's career could have gone one way or another. Uh, the Sugarland Express, you know, was not a movie that you would inform you of what kind of career he'd have. They give him Jaws. <laughs> uh, it, that could have been a disaster. Yep. And Should very, have been a disaster. very well, nearly was. <laughs> yeah. 
because it wasn't and it made so much money and it's and then i think as far as ingested for inflation it's one of the top 10 movies of all time he goes on to do close encounters and et and, and just yep. and raiders of the lost ark all these movies and uh suddenly just became a legend after that if he doesn't get jaws to sell how much film history has changed at that point? oh a ton back yeah. to the future it's interesting back to the future probably wouldn't have happened no you know, well, and if it, well if it does happen it happens with eric stoltz probably <laughs> <laughs> well we've had this conversation tangentially a few times about how we could discuss the the, the coaching tree of hollywood if uh-huh. you will it's like zemeckis is pretty clearly in the spielberg coaching mm-hmm. tree right yeah mm-hmm. uh, i often wonder about what would be different if uh, sylvester stallone hadn't held his ground on rocky yeah and had let the studio just call whatever shots they wanted god that boggles the brain doesn't it can mm-hmm. you imagine a film landscape from the last 40 years with no stallone yeah and i can't even remember yeah. who they were asking at the time like james Kahn, i think they were asking Mama, for. that sounds right uh, yeah well scott was telling us the the story and everything so yeah, yeah it was james Kahn. it was i forget the other people yeah do you you think about you think yeah you think about how that would have gone but um some directors i think they they the movie didn't have a chance of failing or or ruining their career this could have the mm-hmm. jaws could have but anyway sugarland express i like i said i've seen it it's very been, good uh, but it, i haven't seen it in uh, uh, forever i also love me some goldie Hawn. yeah yes uh richard Langletter's suburbia which i've only seen parts of this is about a bunch of kids around a like convenience store yeah it's a good movie yeah i haven't seen it i haven't seen the whole thing is ethan Embry in this uh, i was yes. looking up who it was in it's giovanni rabisi and steve zahn your boy steve zahn i've seen this um and I don't remember thinking strongly about it one way or the other. Uh, Ethan Embry is not in that. I must be thinking. Well, there's also another movie called The Suburbans yes. with Will Ferrell and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Maybe Ethan Embry's in that one. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'll give yeah, myself was, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Nikki Cott, who you saw in Days and Confused. Parker Posey, who was also in Days and Confused, was in this. She's the girlfriend of the... So the big rock band comes to town and they're friends with the lead singer yes. from that. He used to hang out by the convenience store all the time. Mm-hmm. So he brings his girlfriend in there and i think she sleeps with one of his friends like in this night there's a point where they all split up i think and yeah i've seen most of this movie i've just never beginning to finish uh ever watched watched it's not a spectacular link letter movie but it's it's fun link letter another person who could have probably fallen by the wayside because after days confused after before sunrise you're like okay this guy might might be something and then suburbia sort of is a takes a hit Mm -hmm. and newton boys he takes a hit (laughs) uh them newton boys almost ended his career yeah um but uh yeah it's it's a perfectly fine movie Mm -hmm. uh syriana um tell me about syriana i've watched syriana probably twice i remember clooney getting the academy award i cannot remember a goddamn thing from that movie i remember not liking this at all isn't this like a middle east oil kidnapping thing or is that the men who stared goats no no <laughs> the, Ky- think maybe right. <laughs> i think you're right on both counts <laughs> <laughs> I, I, i'm with you i don't remember anything no about it's it. oil industry and I don't, I don't actually don't remember the kidnapping part but <laughs> but i remember the goats <laughs> very very well could be it didn't, maybe clooney does maybe clooney gets kidnapped in this i, I honestly i just know that he got fat for this steven steven gagan wrote and directed this and i believe he wrote traffic yes and that's sort of how he he got this uh you know he pulled this one off clooney is in in yeah, you have clooney and matt damon matt i'm trying to remember did damon even get nominated for this there was some 
this was one of those movies that got it got two. I cannot believe how little I even kind of stared at the Wikipedia entry for a while, and it just didn't compute. Yeah, Clooney, this movie just will not enter me. Clooney won for this. Yeah, he won best supporting actor. That's yeah, nuts. I remember him getting on stage. He's like, "Because you can finally was, call me Oscar winner George Clooney." <laughs> this was well. This was 2005. He had done this, and he directed Good Night and Good Luck. Mm-hmm. So he had multiple, like he had a chance to actually come away with an acting, writing, and directing award if mm-hmm. everything had fallen a certain way. Uh, I believe, I believe that's how it went because he got nominated for the acting here and then writing and directing elsewhere. Yeah. I would imagine what kind of feat that was. I don't remember anything about what this movie. What is with this movie, man? What is, <laughs> was it, I, remember this movie. I remember there being something about like a bomb, a plane bombing something on the road or whatever. Sure. But that's all I remember. Yeah, you, you can tell me anything. Uh, I cannot believe. I think I've seen it more than once. Like I've, I've peeked in on it at uh, least once. I just remember going, really? This is getting a bunch of nominations. Well, they only got two, but I was like, really? The, people considering this great? I don't know. I don't get it. 6.9 on IMDb. There you go. Uh, <laughs> teenage Cat Girls in Heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trauma. Yeah. I have uh, seen this. They, they've got like cat DNA in the girls, right? Like they actually yes. are cat, cat girls. And if I also recall correctly, this movie is an offense to the eyes. Oh. Yes. Uh, yes. It's one of those movies where the cinematography and the color correction is awful. <laughs> um, it was either Cinemax or HBO back in the mid 90s. Uh huh would play one of these every Saturday at midnight. Yes. And I watched Teenage Cat Girls in Heat, and I watched Tromeo and Juliet, uh, and uh, maybe one other one. Your your uh, enjoyment of a trauma film requires you to tolerate a lot of things. Yep. Uh, and, uh, the, and for that reason, for the first time in history, these aren't Jeremy movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Even um, though there's a bunch of titties out there. Yeah. Even though there's titties galore. <laughs> titties galore. Yeah. Like, tomorrow there's going to be a t-shirt for sale that says, Jeremy loves titties. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, it says here, an Egyptian cat goddess in the form of a statuette commands all local felines to surrender one of their nine lives so they can transform into beautiful women to mate with and terminate human males. Then prepare their way for the great litter. There you go. The great litter. Yeah. Teenage Cat Girls in Heat. Uh, yeah, that was okay. a movie that happened. Yep, yeah. it did. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course. Um, oh, this movie's scary. It's funny that you also felt the need to say there's a porn parody called the Texas Vibrator Massacre. On <laughs> you know, you know why? Because it's on the Wikipedia page. And as I on my way back from vacation with my my parents in the car, I was asking my my mom to run down the movies just so I'd have an idea of uh-huh. which ones. Yeah, and and this is listed on. And the, she said it without irony, page. didn't she? Yeah, she had she had no idea. The what Texas Vibrator Massacre. Well, because it could. <laughs> and I was like, "What is that?" And my dad was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and so she clicks on it. And she's like, "It's a pornogra- oh, it's oh, a- no. By the way, I looked this up and I couldn't find the actual thing. Like I did for Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever the the night horror. Mm-hmm whatever on yeah, Elm right, Street. right right uh i could not find this uh you know for free uh so i i cannot so you verify <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so, so i bought it i paid 30 dollars for this the box set the first texas chainsaw massacre is sort of the beginning of the slasher film 
Uh, it's terrifying. 1974, I believe, yeah. is when this came out. Uh, it it and I'm sure I know. In fact, when we had modern horrors in here, and we were talking about the history of the the masked killer, the masked stalker killer, and everything, they brought up something that was even older than this or whatever. But I think as far as popularization mm -hmm. of this genre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the one that did it. Uh, the the setup is familiar, although I don't know how many movies did this beforehand, where right. it's kids um kids going on a like a, a camping trip of some sort or whatever and they have to divert and they end up going into the wrong house essentially looking for help um and yes that the way that the the killings are staged are 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 scary like we like it takes forever for who we would eventually call Leatherface to show up in this mm -hmm. thing. And when he does, you're like, what the fuck is that? Yes. What the fuck is that? Yes. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it also has, um, the ending of this movie is also just, just scary as fuck too. Oh yeah, man. But out of all of that, ah, oh, I, I'm sorry. I hate the dude in the wheelchair. I hate <laughs> that guy. Oh, the kid? Yeah, whoever whoever it is that keeps calling his sister's name out all the way through this. He keeps uh he comes he keeps complaining all the yep. way through it and you're like, "Shut the fuck up, man. I know. I know your situation is bad." I, I, I don't want to be angry at you. I don't care about your crime. Uh, I don't care about your crime. Uh, I'm sure whatever you did, you're sorry. <laughs> But he 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 nearly ruins the movie for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, yes, scary as fuck. I haven't seen any of the sequels except for the Matthew McConaughey Renee Zellweger. Just gonna ask about yes, that one. Yes, uh, that one is. <laughs> fucking such a stupid movie is it so the, stupid. was that the 3d which one was that that or was like four i think was it four yeah. i think it was part four uh, is it, it is it bad and it came out just before they were famous yeah just oh, before oh wow uh what what was the question he asked if it good? was good no no hell no oh, yeah. no it's not good at all uh but you do see you do see future mcconaughey in in that role hmm. and everything and but uh, i've seen that and i've also seen the remake uh, with Jessica Beale, and I've seen the uh, one with Alexander Daddario, uh, the text, the whatever the I think it's a prequel that came out. Was yeah, that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I think it was the prequel uh, with, that had Alexander Daddario in it. But um, I kind of I didn't mind the uh, the remake. Uh, the remake was okay. Another movie where the trailer mm -hmm. is an all timer. Ah, damn it! Yeah, it is. And the, the guy who made that trailer had like a moment of fame there for a bit because a lot of trailers he was he they would go to him to cut and he had some of his style in it or whatever but like that whole like you know here's a bunch of action and, and this and this the, the music is scary and then yeah. and like, like a camera shutter a, sound. camera shutter sound and it's like a like and then it goes through that whole trailer doing that and yep. it's so badass yes, it the is. trailer's so good the movie itself eh. just all right yeah i think the academy or some awards show should should create a category for trailers or yeah maybe just the marketing um because i think if you started to reward with actual talked about awards really good trailers mm -hmm. then the people who make trailers would try harder to make really good trailers that's true and the studios would begin to cover trailer awards the same way they covet regular awards. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't, they would push for better trailers. And then who wins? We do. Yeah. The audience wins. I dig. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah, going to start working I, on that. I, I, 
I remember, yeah, I remember that remake being pretty gory, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, either way, you're going to be seeing lots of gore and blood and everything. But, um, that first one, man, if you want a horror movie that will freak you out in many different ways, it's dated in a, in the way they dress and stuff like that, but it's not distractingly so. Yeah. Uh, you watch that first 1974 it, one. Like many, uh, so called serial killer type movies or whatever. I guess Ed Gein always sort of gets the, the, this is based on Ed Gein, although there's a lot of Ed Gein in almost, I like almost every movie. It seems like someone's bringing up Ed Gein mm. and I'm like, why, why did, did Ed Gein kill people exactly like this and like this and like this too? Mm. He killed a lot of people. I <laughs> yeah. He, he killed like a hundred something people. So he came up in American psycho. I was watching last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, horror fans definitely you should watch the first one for sure uh the others i don't know about two or three yeah and then, like i said there's a ton of them mcconaughey zellweger one is uh fucking terrible uh transformers age of extinction we don't need to talk too much about that the movie is a piece of Fuck shit that movie. <laughs> uh it, it uh it has the distinction of being the longest video we've ever made we had to split it up into two parts how long is it total it's a little over 30 minutes jesus so we had we and that was just the two when of we you, got right? yeah we, yeah it was just the two of us so we got well that was one where i think we were both so pissed off at it that nothing could get cut <laughs> well, it ended up being one of those where it was like you know already there was 200 and something entries and then we still ended up with 200 on the script and then we wanted to do like the bonus rounds and all that with the flags and the explosions and, yeah um and uh and and then we 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 came out with them in two parts and then we left the first one on like a private like you yeah. can still watch the full yeah full 30 minute version <laughs> if you want and that one had like a like a couple hundred views or something <laughs> uh the tree of life uh terrence malick uh movie mm-hmm. um this I, I get the sense this is a mixed review type of movie you either love so. this or you hate it I don't know if you're in between. I don't know if anybody's in between. On I didn't like it, and I never went back. Mm-hmm. I don't think I liked it. You know, as with a lot of Terrence Malick movies that we've talked about before, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I didn't connect with it emotionally at all. <clears throat> I didn't really get into the story at all. Um, it's almost like uh, it, it's a different type of uh, thing, but it reminded me a lot of what was the one that Aronofsky did with um, Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry? No, the fountain. The fountain. Mm-hmm. It was similar to that, to where like I think it's it's told in different stories, different vignettes, and I didn't connect with any of them. Mm. Mm. You said Hugh Jackman and who? Halle Berry. It was Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice. That's right. Yeah, I, I thought you might say it might have said Halle Berry, and I was like, what was the Halle Berry? Swordfish. Is it, is it uh, Cloud Atlas? No, Swordfish is the movie that has Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry. Like, and like, Halle yeah, Berry. Like you're but but Halle Berry is in Cloud Atlas. Just Cloud not Atlas. Hugh Jackman, which also has different like vignettes and That's all that the stuff move. you see you were trying to get to cloud atlas no i was trying to also get to the fountain too oh interesting so all of those are kind of i don't know mindfuck movies that i didn't really connect with yeah yeah um yeah i don't even remember what i remember what i thought about this movie i saw it in theaters mm-hmm. and i i think i remember going yeah that was that was cool visuals were awesome or whatever but i just i don't know if i really connected to it yeah yeah that's exactly how i feel uh true stories uh the david byrne experience i think i've seen this oh this one's fun 
it's not made very well. It's directed by David Byrne of the Talking Heads. Ooh. Oh, I definitely have seen this. Uh, it's it's funny and it's whimsical. You can tell it's not shooting for the moon. It's got John Goodman in there. Yeah, uh, like one of his early roles. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Hmm. Uh, Stephen Tobolowski is credited yep. on the screenplay. Oh nice. wow, for true stories. Interesting. Uh, I saw this at Belcourt as well. I think this was a, like maybe a midnight movie or something like that. But uh, yeah, I remember enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's wacky. Fun. It's wacky. Uh, Varsity Blues. Yes. Oh. Whipped cream bikini. Let's hear it. I don't want your life. <laughs> yeah. I'm on. yeah. I don't want your life. Uh, this this movie is magical to me. Yeah. It has it has absolutely everything. It it's making fun of the tropes while also reveling in them. Mm-hmm. It has a scene where they go to a strip club and their teacher is on there. Yeah. It's got penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina. Yep. It's got a whipped cream g- bikini. It's got I don't want your life. It's got his his crazy kid that jumps from religion to religion. And uh, yeah, assalamu alaikum. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking great. Billy Bob, the guy who's always drinking. He's always drinking. And or crying he's, on the football he's field. He's got a, a fucking gun. shotgun. <laughs> It's and a- he keeps getting concussions. If he gets one more concussion, then he'll die. Then, but he yeah. keeps getting out there. You have uh, John Voight as the the uh, coach in this, <laughs> and he's like driven to have this perfect season. Yeah, you too, get the way too driven to have a perfect season. Well, yeah, because Mox comes in, so there it's one of the Friday Night Lights type of thing because mm-hmm. their starting quarterback goes down, and Mox is always on the sideline reading a book instead of reading the playbook, right? Because he's smart. He's smart, like yeah, he's uh, wicked smart. He's wicked smart, and so he has to come in and play, and accidentally leads them to a win, mm-hmm. and so then, uh, you know, the begrudgingly the coach is like, "All right, Mox, you know, you can leave my team. You're my only quarterback." And he starts building him up a little bit, and then he starts getting a little fame, and that's when Allie Larder comes in with with her titties and and her the JJ all like buttered up. creamed up, yes. And uh, but but Amy Smart is his boof. Yes, <laughs> this is a movie that says you you. It's believable to have a choice to cheat on Amy Smart with whipped green bikini Allie Larder. Like, this, that's where the movie broke for me, because reality just left the building. Yeah. Well, he's James Vandergaard, Gandal- Vandergaard. <laughs> James v- v- Gandal Vandergarden. Um, Paul Walker. Oh, to look her too. Yeah, Paul Walker is the guy that gets her. I think Scott Kahn is in this. Yep. Yep. Um, it's super enjoyable, but it's, I don't agree with you. I think it's trashy. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. No, okay. it's trashy. Right. It's All just right. great. So, I don't think it's great. It also has Foo Fighters My Hero in a pivotal <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah. It's delightful. <laughs> um, so you know how you can make shadow puppets, right? With, uh, with light coming through a lens. Uh huh. Uh, that scene with, uh, the teacher, uh-huh. uh, stripping in front of all the, all the students or whatever. I'll never forget. We were showing this movie and a guy I was training, uh, to be a projectionist who was in with a lot of the people who, there was like a lot of new management and like a lot of buddies were getting hired and stuff like that. So this guy comes upstairs and he's like learning projection and everything. And he sees this scene in varsity blues and he goes over and makes shadow puppets on the girl's <laughs> boobs, uh, while she's dancing and everything. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> with people with like an audience, with an there. audience. Oh my uh, God. That's not cool. And, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think we heard any complaints though. Well, oh, I guess you if you're watching varsity blues, you're thinking the same thing. I, this is one of my movies that I think I've 
probably seen it over 30 times. Man, I've only seen it the once. I oh, mean, wow. So you need to see it more, and you need to see it less. It's mm. my comfort place. Anytime it's anywhere close to being on or whatever portion, I'm going to watch the end of it. It's so good. It's so good. No, it's it's not. It Let's, I want you to change your language no. because you can say enthusiastic things, but you're saying like quality. You're giving it quality. I don't know is there. Enjoyability, maybe. Quality. Uh, no, no, uh, I, I, no, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, no, Friday Night Lights, it is not. It's better than Friday Night Lights. Jesus Christ on a cracker. Oh, it's fucking better than Friday Night Lights. No. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. No, it doesn't take itself as seriously as Friday Night Lights. I think Friday Night Lights and Remember the Titans are both better football movies than that movie. Remember the Titans, maybe you could talk me into, but Varsity Blues is... It has a sense of humor that those movies do not. That's true. That it does has not a make subversiveness. It you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Savage Steve Holland movies. Mm. It, not as goofy as those. Okay. Like Better Off Dead and uh, uh, One Crazy Summer and stuff like that. Okay. Um, where it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's also got something, you know, to say comedically. Um, it, so it's it's right in that vein. And that vein is my main vein. My main vein? <laughs> Does it rain in the plains in your main vein? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, we can stop talking about this movie. Uh, then awesome. we have Oliver Stone's W. W. Poppy. Uh, bushy. Poppy. Bushy. Josh, <laughs> this is Josh Brolin playing George W. Bush. <laughs> Oliver Stone, it feels like he made this movie purely because he had made two other president movies. So he did JFK and he did, uh, what was the Nixon. other one? Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. And uh, and it and it felt it felt like let's try to complete some sort of like trilogy of president movies. Uh, he doesn't have nearly the the distance between the time George W. Bush had had been out of office that he had with JFK and Nixon. Mm -hmm. And as we keep seeing the distance between the time something happened and when you make a movie about it should be a good length of time it should be maybe 20 years uh, a lot of times mm -hmm. that's why we shouldn't have really seen any 9-11 movies we mm -hmm. shouldn't have seen you know we shouldn't be seeing a brexit movie we shouldn't be seeing like patriots yeah. day yeah give us some <laughs> yeah. give us some distance so that we know all the facts and you can make a better movie out of it and it doesn't seem so tawdry when you come out with it not that w is like some like tawdry movie or anything but mm -mm. we don't have enough distance between this this is you have to have a i think you have to have a little bit more length of time to well, know plus, what he he was about yeah and for those of us that paid attention during this time it wasn't a very pleasant time mm -hmm. for a lot of people both with you know, the effects of war and the effects of financial crisis and stuff like that and the effects of the government that you don't really agree with and i don't want to see that what this 2008 2000 i think it was 2008 yeah it came out in the last year of his presidency i just sat through this it's a, one of the reasons that i didn't like vice it's like I, I know I know this. I, I lived through it, and I hated it. I don't want to watch it. It also doesn't screen. have... I don't feel like it has anything new to say. No. Like, Bush was a drunk when he was younger. Yep. Got it. Already knew that. Bush didn't know anything about politics and was a baseball owner. Got it. Yep. Already knew that. Bush probably took the presidency and went to war in the Middle East just because he has daddy issues. Got it. Already knew it. I just wasted two and a half hours on impressions. And I didn't enjoy fact, this movie at all. And in fact, you after you've gone through all of that and everything, it then makes you wonder if there was anything worthy of making a movie in the first place. Yeah. Right. Because if you know all of that, 
and it's not that big of a deal, then <laughs> what are you making the movie for? What are we really making this for? Yeah, I could have used like an old school Oliver Stone conspiracy twist on this. Yeah. Just come out with something bonkers. Yeah, like he has sex with lizards every night in the <laughs> right. <Oval> office. <laughs> right. Like uh, something yes. really fucking that crazy. That would have he puts puzzles. salamanders in his ears. I don't. I mean, something lizard-based. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so stuck on the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, he fucks iguanas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does that inform his policy in the middle east when you have all Listen, that turd blossom yeah, exactly. i'm fucking my iguana right now when you have all that iguana juice on your cock that's the original shock at all <laughs> um then we go to whip it i love whip it. whip it do you really yes drew barrymore uh directed this movie and it's about uh roller derby it's delightful. And Ellen Page is uh the is the main there's a ton of people in this. Kristen Wiig, Juliette Lewis, um L. O. Cool J, James Caan. <laughs> yes. Um, Michael Rooker. It's got a ton of people in it. It does have uh you know, it's Elias Shawcat in it, Marsha Gay Harden, mm-hmm. but uh it's about this girl it's 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 like the uh it's like the Texas version of Brave, right? Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She She's, becomes a bear. She uh, <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden becomes a bear. Um Marsha Gay Harden is uh, Ellen Page's mom and she wants her to go to like this cotillion type thing or mm. whatever. Uh and uh and Ellen Page is like I'm not about that and wants to do something, you know, different from her life than be this like paraded around and like just, you know, find a husband and have a bunch of kids type of life and she gets uh into uh this roller derby stuff she's underage but she lies about her age to get in i don't remember if they're trying to say this movie was in the 80s or something like that or if it was supposed to be modern day i can't remember it felt like it was modern day yeah it did feel like modern day but like roller derby itself like i don't know seems like the type of thing oh don't say that our buddy simser no 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 i've talked to simser about roller derby i like roller i like when i I used to watch roller derby when it was on on espn yeah yeah yeah. but uh i i didn't because it because everything's sort of washed out and color like the in the color palette and everything it feels like a movie from the 70s or 80s or something like that um but i i know i know that there are people who still play it and it's still a, a popular enough sport and everything it's just that uh the way this movie goes about it it's hard to tell uh because i don't think they have i don't it doesn't seem like there's cell phones much in this mm. movie or hmm. anything like and like the whole thing that you can lie about your age and just get into and get into this like without any any problem but anyway yeah she starts doing this behind uh Marsha Gay Harden and Daniel Stern plays her dad uh, behind their back and uh, and sort of shining her on. Yeah, I'm going to go to Cotillion. I'm going to do all the stuff and everything. But then, of course, as it always happens, the championship match is on the same night as the Cotillion. Yep. How is she going to lie now? <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's a fun... It is present day because Drew Barrymore's character is Smashley Simpson. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, this movie's real fun. It's just real it is. fun. It's it it's it, it's uh it's funny. It's just um it's just a breezy breezy movie. Fun movie to watch. I don't watch roller derby movies cuz I can't roller skate. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I'm bitter about it. Yeah. So I don't watch any of those movies. It's kind of like after I wrote that bad review of Step Up and there was that one comment where there's like you can't dance that way. That's why you, that's why you're just jealous. That's the reason why you don't like it. <laughs> She's no. only directed uh Whip It. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it was the only one. Who did? 
Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Interesting. Well, uh, she's done well producing, though. Yeah. Um, she's been a successful producer for probably she like produced 10 years. Donnie Darko. Yeah. She did. She's also in it, but she also produced that. I think she produces that zombie show that she's got on Amazon or Netflix, whatever it is. Oh, really? The um, Santa Monica, Santa, Santa Clarita. Diet. Oh, yeah. Santa Clarita. Clarita I think she's an executive Which, producer. Which uh, I've seen. I've seen. That's good. Yeah, I've heard it's great. Yeah, it's fun. We um, are officially in the age of too much good content. Yeah. Because I'm never going to catch up. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't I would say strongly recommend Whip It, but I would say go give it a, ch- oh, give yeah. it a chance. Oh, yeah. Uh, fun movie. Uh, then we have a classic, The Wild Bunch. Sam Peckinpah directed this. And one of the the things that's constantly brought up about The Wild Bunch is the parallel a- editing when he's doing action scenes. So stuff like if you see somebody falling off of a roof and the, 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 the editing will cut over to something else that's happening at the same time. And then it'll keep up in time as the as the person falls farther down mm-hmm. or whatever. And stuff like that. There's a lot of that stuff in the action scenes. Uh, and not cut to death like mm-hmm. what we see where like you know uh it's just a bunch of cuts just to make it look like it's fast and exciting right this is more of a purpose behind the cutting hmm. and everything like that wild bunch is a good movie oh it's really good it's yeah. super violent yeah. for the time yeah 1969 it's you didn't see violence like this remade by mel gibson oh really <laughs> is out to be oh, oh i thought you were joking seriously no that was that's an announced project that wow. i believe he's gonna direct and maybe even co-star it wow I mean, this is right up his alley. Unfortunately, I mean, it's it's very much Western. You know, these these guys are in a posse, and they're like the most brutal sons of bitches out mm. there. And uh, I think they they're they're either hired to or they run into like a, a gang that's that's the evil version of them. Oh, the ridiculous six. Yes, yes, <laughs> the ridiculous six. <laughs> and then they uh, they fuck them up. Yeah, they're looking for one last score. It's a one last score. Type yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Uh, William Holden is in this. Mm-hmm. Ernest Bor- Borgnine. Um, I haven't seen this in forever, but it is it is uh, it is worth its reputation. For Definitely. Sure. Well, so we are going to do a part three of this. That's right. There Big are, in Texas. Yeah, Texas is uh, is just like uh, the the other states that we you know like New York where yep. we went uh, different parts. Only one we short shrifted was California. Yeah, I know. It was so early in the game, we didn't know. It was we early in the game. We thought we needed to do it all in one episode, and then realized, no, we don't really. Uh, so we so we fucked you, California. That's, that's fine. All right. That's fine. They're used to getting fucked. That's right. And stay tuned for my new podcast. That's totally about Varsity Blues. No, yeah, yeah, all about it. <laughs> Every episode will de- deconstruct one minute of that, the film. That's right. I could get. No joke, probably 12 episodes out of Varsity Blues. I don't doubt it. If you brought me on, we could get 24 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a Texas Part 3. Um, that'll do it for this week. Keep going to a Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, uh, CinemaSins Twitter. Uh, there's a, a Reddit. There's a pa- there's a Patreon. There's a, there's a Discord. Discord is, uh, I think... Uh, uh com- combined now we're not every yeah, yeah. so so uh so uh it's not just patrons that can go to d- uh, discord now you can go on discord i think on a lot of channels yes. not every channel right. uh but uh, i think there's even some voice channels that have been set up on this too uh but uh you can do that uh but yeah we have a patreon yeah uh, that I, I briefly mentioned there uh i think when is this episode is the week before uh the sin week deadline or is uh, it the so two weeks it's after yeah it's uh, is it after a few oh it's afterwards. after yeah. the deadline okay uh 
But yeah, um, let us know if you're still interested in signing up for Sin Week uh, in March, uh, March 21st through the 23rd. Um, give us give us a, 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 a call on the blower. Give us a call on the blower. What is the blower? I want to know what I call on the blower. Does it have numbers? Microphone? Contact us. On the blower. On the blower. (laughs) On the blower. It is forever now known as the blower. Um, We are recording this before the deadline. Mm -hmm. This episode will air after the deadline, hence a little bit of our confusion as to whether or not... um, Yeah. But... As of right now, there are still some spots open, a couple spots open. They may fill up by the time this episode airs, but we are thinking about ways to allow a couple more people that might want to come mm-hmm. to to come. And if you're one of those, let us know and we'll yes. start letting you know, you know, <laughs> on the blower, yeah. on the blower, on the blower. Um, but uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I don't know what I've done, but I've accidentally created, like, a nudie reputation. Like this guy, a nudie reputation. This guy at Modern Horrors, uh, Finley Ash, that uh-huh. I interact with on Twitter all the time. He does like the other night. He was like, "Hey, just watch this movie on Netflix. It's totally a Jeremy movie. Lots of tits and sex yeah. and fucking." <laughs> and I, and I'm like, what? How did I get there? Yeah, I don't mind it. It's not wrong, but. And then Kristen, well, Kristen Stewart's got nude a lot. Yeah, right? a couple times. Hey, you know, she's gonna make. Sorry. She's going to make a romantic comedy, a lesbian romantic comedy with Mackenzie Davis. Ooh. <laughs> Your I'm, head's going to explode. Well, that. I mean, the, 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 the horned up side of me, yes, my head will explode. But then the intellectual side of me is like, you know what? I kind of hope they make it like really intelligent sure, and yeah. thoughtful and not. I hope they don't just do traditional rom-com, but with two girls instead of a guy and a girl. Like, I think there's a chance here to do something a little deeper. Mm hmm. I agree. As much as I wouldn't mind if it also got a little horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, that's a lot of sexy on but, screen, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. I told you this in an email last night. I was watching the Hatfields and McCoys last night. Mm-hmm. That Costner and Bill Paxton miniseries. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. First of all, that's almost R-rated, even though it was on like the History Channel or whatever. There's shits and dammits all over that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Second of all, I'm totally team Hatfield. Okay. Now, I haven't watched the final episode. And no, missed, that's correct. Yeah, um, the McCoys were the were the 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 cock holes. At least as the movie pre- presents it, <laughs> as the movie presents it, like the, every opportunity there was like a bar fight, the McCoys would kill someone. Yeah, Whereas yeah, Costner's yeah, yeah, always yeah. like, "Stop it, don't <laughs> fight." And I kept going into my my wife was in the front room watching one of her shows, and I kept going in there, going, "Man, the McCoys are assholes." <laughs> She's like, "You know, that's like an eight year old movie, right?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, but I've never seen." It. <laughs> You know, you're talking about shits and all this other stuff, like, uh, flying around. You really have to get into fucks to before it gets to R-rated. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. I was just surprised knowing it was a History Channel oh, yeah, production History to Channel, see all the yeah. shits in there. I think I think all the cable channels basically know now that they have to have some, at least some sort of an illusion of something that you can't see on network TV. Yeah. Even though network TV 
they made a big deal about that with NYPD Blue and all that. I guess they've sort of gotten away from that over the years because yeah, I don't, I don't hear anything. NYPD about Blue it. was all about like let's get some shits in there and let's let's show an ass or two. Yeah. Well, and then after that, I think it was Chicago Hope did like a breast exam episode mm-hmm. where they were trying to empower women about breast exams and they they showed blatant nudity in mm-hmm. it to try and kind of dispel some of the fears and rumors and whatnot mm. but it was notable i remember yeah because it was a network show showing nudity they they do a good job on the good place did you ever start the good place by the way I, not i've started it you yes, started but first. a long time ago and i haven't finished they, they do a nice job with the the cursing on that well show. just because yeah. they make up words yeah, like yeah, yeah. in firefly yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is an outtake where kristen uh bell. Bell. kristen bell is is in her you know character and everything and there's a thing where it's like, holy forking shirt. Yeah. And that ends the episode. And in the outtake, she's like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she doesn't even realize that she did it. Yeah. Everybody else is like, God damn it. Yeah. She's like, what? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Have you seen Glass yet? No. I saw that. I saw that yesterday. I saw that you saw that. I sure did see it. <laughs> if you guys what? still want to do a mini pod, I'll do. go see it the next I couple days. I very much want to. All right. I really, I really want you to see it if possible, because I, I, what's the deal with that movie? The problem is, if I had seen it, then right now you would derail for thirty minutes <laughs> instead of doing the main pod, because I can tell that's how bad you you want to get those thoughts out. I don't even know if I have thoughts on it. I, I watched. Here's my face when I watched it the whole time. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have have thoughts. On yeah. This movie. Yeah, man. People, people. Some people fucking loved it. That oh, yeah. movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They sure do. Save it. <laughs> Save it for the pod. <laughs> Save it for the pod. Oh, by the way, I'm going to give you the opportunity to take the shotgun today because I've been chastised twice in the last week for always taking calling shotgun on the road trip episodes and not ever letting Barrett have it. <laughs> hmm. The the this uh, is. I don't mind you having shotgun. I like the back. <laughs> You like to jerk off. This is <laughs> this is exactly. definitely something we need to dissolve. Jeremy's over calling of shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> cut that part. Uh, uh.